This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe Sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better host, or if you're looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month absolutely free. And now, enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the only two-time PWG Battle of Los Angeles champion, King Ricochet, and you are listening to Busted Wide Open Podcast. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling, with your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode 112. I'm Nick Howell. And jingling all the way, I am Sir Ian Dangerous, and welcome to the show (laughs) this week, and happy holidays to everyone, to all of our lovely, lovely listeners, thank you for joining us on this uh, holiday edition of Busted Wide Open. I don't know what makes it a holiday edition, Nick, other than it's there's just... A there's a holiday? There was a holiday last week, there's a holiday next week, and I don't know about you, but I am so fattened from heavy beers and gravy and meat and things of that nature. Yeah, uh, let's just say our Christmas dinner consisted of about 30 pounds of beef brisket oh that had been God. smoked. Just so we have a very large family. On, oh, I thought it was just you and, the, you and the woman were, were having beef right. brisket. Yeah. The 30 right. pounds of beef brisket. Right. No, we, we could feed an army with that, with that much barbecue, but that's, yeah. that's what having a southern family is all about. Is Good just Lord. Portion, we have no portion control. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. Well, uh, also with no portion control, we had a a heavy helping of WWE this week, and unfortunately, not a whole lot else went on. It is that time of year where, you know, even professional wrestlers have to go home and be with their families all over the world. So this, uh, this was a little bit of a slow news week as far as our show goes, but there's Still plenty to talk about. Doesn't mean nothing oh, yeah. happened. Quite the opposite. We had title changes, title defenses. We had big announcements. We had the build beginning for the Royal Rumble. That's that's just the main roster of WWE. We got other stuff to talk about, too. So there's a lot to get to on this show today, Mr. Howell. But first, let's do a little housekeeping, and then we'll get to that. Yes, absolutely. As we always do. First, I want to say happy holidays, everybody. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Whichever denomination you celebrate. Happy you don't Boxing celebrate Day. At all. Today is literally Boxing Day, or yeah. yesterday was. I'm sorry, I've lost a day playing Red Dead Redemption. Oh, there's, there's a complete day that went off the map. Anyway, come happy, hang out Happy with whatever us. it is they celebrate in Canada. Yes. Uh, come hang out with us in the Facebook discussion group. That is the hub of our operation. Just head over to Facebook.com or on your mobile app and search for Busted Wide Open. Send us a join request to the group. We will get you in there for some weekly discussion threads, which I didn't post this week. Apologies in advance, or I guess post-haste. <laughs> Uh, for not getting those up because of the holidays, I was uh, uh-huh. I was indisposed. You were eating beef. 
You were too busy I, eating I was, beef. I was eating 30 pounds of brisket. Oh. Oh, that doesn't count the 27 different sides we had. And we're on Twitter at BWO Podcast. You can hit us up there as well as YouTube.com slash C slash Busted Wide Open. Be sure to hit that notification bell anytime so that you get notified anytime we put new content up. Last but certainly not least, if you love this show and want to show us your support, head over to Patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for one of our awesome reward tiers. Get involved with the show. Get some sweet swag and it, many other special perks. But Ian, like you said, this was holiday week. It was, uh, it was an interesting dynamic because a lot of things were going on because we taped two shows last week, yeah. both for Raw and SmackDown. So we basically had Sacramento... I'm going to do air quotes two weeks in a row for Raw and Fresno two weeks in a row for for SmackDown Live. And there were some things I have to say about each show, but I had forgotten just how much they <laughs> they mix the audio around when they tape shows. When they when they pre-tape, it's audible, yes. And it, it's, it, it, it's it did, very manufactured. <laughs> it did seem noticeable. But of course, I mean, I don't blame them. That poor crowd must have been exhausted after even, all that even, show. Even as much as we love wrestling, sitting there for four or five hours, at a certain point, you just go, uh, you just tap out, enough. That's no like, yeah, that's a WrestleMania-length show without the right. hype for WrestleMania. So it was a little understandable that audience was a little flat for some of these matches because, you know, this that's a lot. That's a lot to, to pick through. But that being said, there was actually some quality stuff to talk about this week. But we also had to discuss whether or not these changes that we were promised last week on Monday Night Raw by the McMahon family, are the, if we're seeing them at all, they're starting to go into effect. So... We need to talk about that. We need to talk about all the things on Monday Night Raw and SmackDown. But to start that off, we got to talk about Monday Night Raw. So we're going to start off with what went down towards the end of the show. Uh, we had the big Raw Women's Championship match this week after the eight-woman gauntlet match that Natalia won, giving her a shot at Ronda Rousey's Raw Women's Championship we had the Ronda versus Natalia match. And yeah. In the main event slot of, of, of Raw, and actually, uh, unlike the traditionally what happens with Raw, where the ratings go down as the three hours go on, this week the ratings were actually up for the third hour. So people did tune in to see the Ronda versus Natty match. And it's a good thing they did because it was a really good match. It, it was I, okay. I Oh, I don't know what you were watching. I saw a very, very good, technically worked, well-structured, well-played, acted match but between two very good wrestlers. I, I very much enjoyed this match. I like the story that they told. I like the, the, uh, the facials that Ronda was giving. I thought it really actually sold the whole thing. I thought Natty came in and looked better in the ring than she's looked in a long time because she went back to some real like heart dungeon grappling roots, and Ronda was able to keep up with her. So I very much enjoyed this match. Did you see something I, different? I've, I've seen molasses get poured out of a bottle faster than this match. Oh, my God. Uh, it was just, sl- you know what? It was a slow and methodical natty match. It was, it, was a, it was slow and methodical, and it was technical. It was a lot of groundwork, a lot of grappling, which actually worked. Much like it did with Nia, it really worked to um, accentuate Ronda's ground game, so to speak. You know, she is a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. She, and her flexibility. Like, there were some, there right. were some holds in this that looked absolutely brutal. 
because yeah. she's, and, she's and, so flexible. You know, sure. I, for what it was on paper, I didn't mind it. There was no way in hell they were going to take the belt off of Ronda. I mean, there was no realism baked into this at all. <laughs> As I giggle a little bit, talking about realism in wrestling. Yeah, what are you doing? But, it, you know, I, I, I think we've been spoiled a little bit with the Seth Rollinses and with the 205 Live and with the fast pace and almost fast food cookie cutter kind of stuff. When we get a match like this that has these kind of stakes to it, we expect it to be a very high energy affair. What do you mean but we? When it's, I enjoyed this match very I, much. You're the one who's sitting over there going, eh, it was slow. I expect it to be a high-energy affair, and, and I, I, the reason I said what I did right before we kicked over to Raw was because this was a tape show. The, the second three-hour, four-hour block that the Sacramento crowd had, had had to sit through, and at the very tail end of it, oh, God, no wonder it was a little bit just kind of, uh, it was a little bit drudgy, and, and the superstars even had been there and gone through the equivalent of two nights of shows in one night, so I... I don't know. I, I didn't think see that at all. This could have been more. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't see that at all in this man. I, I I thought that this was a that they had plenty of energy and that, that Ronda especially was really working to make to sell the story of this match that she didn't want to fight her best friend and Natty was out there like completely game and ready to do whatever it took to win. I saw that loud and clear in this match. It was very exciting to me and I thought this was this was finally a Ronda match on TV that held up to how good she was in pay per views. So. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll grant you that, absolutely. I, I think we, we've commented before, I've even commented before, that Ronda's selling has come leaps and bounds. And her ability to sell this on an emotional level was was a big step. I, I really appreciate it and, and respect uh, the way that she worked it. But you know, it's just... it's a, eh, you, were, eh. you were a little mad on it for some reason. Okay, do you think Natty should have turned heel here? Because a lot of people are saying that she should have turned heel on Ronda, but instead they just hugged it out at the end of this and everything's fine between them. That's that's fine. Uh, if I'm being completely honest, I think Natty's maybe a year, got a year left. I, I don't no. think she's going to be around much longer. No, I think she's got plenty know. left in the all, tank. All, all this, all the people that are coming up, man. I just, I don't know if there's going to be room. Uh, you might have a point there. There might be a lot of uh, hot talent coming up, but at the same time, I think there'll be room for Natty for quite a while. Especially, you know, because I, I was really impressed at how strong her performance was in this match. This actually very much reinvigorated Natty for me, even though I do have issues with some of her game. I thought that this was very much a strong showing for her. And it was sure. it was a good way to keep excitement on the women's title without having to rely on Charlotte and Becky and some of the inter uh, inter uh, what it was, inter show drama between Raw and SmackDown. So yeah, I, I very much enjoy this, and I, I am actually glad they did not turn Natty heel. Obviously, that was supposed to be the plan going into the last few months, but then when her father died was apparently when they scrapped that idea. So. Okay. I think I think this is a nice ribbon on the the Natalia and Ronda relationship, and now we can move forward and see what the plan is uh, for the next year with Ronda and what's what, what's happening with the Rumble and so forth, and with all the rest of the women on Raw. Uh, but uh, there's plenty to talk about. There's plenty of stuff that on on this show that they're building towards the Rumble. For example, we had Paul Heyman show up. Paul Heyman showed up and did his usual shtick, although this time he sang Silent Night to huge boos because apparently now that Elias isn't getting booed with uh, singing segments, we can have Paul get booed with singing segments and then do his normal shtick about how Brock's going to beat Strowman, which brought out Braun Strowman, who then put a reindeer nose and antlers on a very scared Paul Heyman and told him that Brock Lesnar was going to get these hats. And that was that segment. I don't know. Loved it. 
You loved it. I thought it was com- it was just a th- completely throwaway filler segment. I, I, there, of course it was. Oh, okay. Of course it was. You're, so you loved but, it, but you're, you're okay with it. When being has thrown. a Brock Heyman segment ever not been hype slash filler? I can recall it, very quite a rarely few. do you get physicality on TV with with even if Brock's with him. Uh, when a Heyman, it's it's always filler. It's always promo. I don't think it's always filler. I think they've had some very good creative ones, but there's definitely a formula. I just felt this yeah. one was just completely formulaic, except for the little holiday touches that they they seasoned through there. And it was a very holiday themed show. I don't think they had a, very many segments that did not have some sort of holiday theme to them. Uh, this just was another Paul just just another Paul Heyman segment with some holiday stuff thrown on the top. Sure. And I, I, do you think it was effective, though? Do you think it? Are we getting excited for Brock Braun 4.0? This did absolutely nothing for me either way. I I was at a a flat line with this match where until I know more about what their intentions are, until I see more about what they're doing to differentiate this between any other time of the of what what three times now that they've met. Uh, what's going to make this and completely different? squashed Braun? Yeah, well, it, he looked good for a second and then ultimately F five done. Um, or you know, Corbin interferes, or whatever the different things are. What's going to make this one different? And this didn't give me any indication of how they're going to have it be different. So, no, the segment did nothing for me. It was just there. It was a filler. Bleh. It was fun. It it to me, it did what it said on the ten. You yeah. know, it's it's. I knew exactly what I was going to get as soon as I saw Paul Heyman standing in the ring by himself. He was going to say some stuff. But ladies and gentlemen, yeah. By the way, is it just Braun's going to come out? Like they were so up close on him this week that for some reason I just noticed that his sock, his tongue looks like this rolled up pink wet sock. Like it's just this like thick little beast in his mouth. It's just anyway. I'm sorry, but I I couldn't be the only one with that in my head. All right, (laughs) Vince McMahon dressed up as Santa Claus as well. Speaking of yeah. Yeah. Holiday things. Uh, other things besides Paul Heyman. Vince McMahon showed up dressed as Santa Claus. I don't, what the hell was this segment? What was Shoot this? Me, we got Vince back Wait, on TV, well, and this is what we get? Uh, oh, no. This was bizarre. This was bizarre. So what was, they made no attempt to hide that it was Vince or anything like that, obviously, including him taking off the whole costume at the end, complaining it was hot, and then asking if they'd seen Bad Santa. It was just, it was just a weird weird segment it was kind of like you know what it made me think of was what it made me think was when vince said hey we're going to get some new stuff and we're going to shake things up he in his mind he thought well, well, well what they need on tv is more vince mcmahon and what the man vince mcmahon means means humor means funny means uh means uh you know pal i'm just gonna get out there and do some stick for the kids how do you think of that huh pal <laughs> Uh, the the one thing I took away from this, two things really. One, John Cena's coming back. Yes, that's the one I kind of want to spend some time talking about. But l- before we get there, he very quietly, quickly announced women's tag titles. I thought he gave it like he he made it clear. This whole thing was just him announcing three big announcements uh, that he wanted to put out there and say, "Look, we are changing stuff. Women's tag titles are coming." Uh, which you and I have, have known they're going to do for the last six months because they they made the belts already. They have. It was just a matter of when they did it. I'm shocked yeah. they didn't do it at Evolution. That seemed to be a home run gimme. But for some reason, they put it off, whether or not they, they didn't have enough women or something. 
or unveil it in the new year with some of your new superstar names that you have coming up. You know, I just there's yeah. so there's 27 different better ways that you could have done it than dressing Vince McMahon up as McMahon Claus. <laughs> Vin, Vinny Claus. No, the weird thing about this was that yeah, I, I think I think why they did it this way was everyone's clamoring for what's this new stuff you're talking about? What's this new direction? And they're like, uh uh uh, well, we can't really implement this right now, but here's some ideas we have. And so this was his way of being like, see, we got, we got new stuff coming. Uh, see, uh, tag belts. There you go. Women's tag belts. Ha, da, da. There we go. And as you said, Cena's going to be back on TV, and he's going to be floating between Raw and Look, SmackDown. shiny object, John Cena. That's a great way of putting it, actually. Shiny object. This felt like a shiny object uh, announcement uh, across the board. All three of these. Or what's the dog from up? Or, squirrel, squirrel. Okay. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And then his third announcement was that McIntyre and Ziggler are going to have a uh, a cage match on New Year's Eve edition of Raw. So well, why not Finn? Why He's not? pinned him twice two weeks in a row. Well, where's Finn? They've got to settle their differences, and that's the thing is that Finn has proven that he's better than them. And anyway, the point is is that we've got women's tag titles coming. Let's talk about that for a second. Yes. Finally, they're coming. Will they be able to handle a women's tag division, given how we've seen how they handle the men's tag division? I don't know. I had some renewed vigor when we'll talk about it later with the match that we had on the men's side this week. Uh, I, I kind of raised, perked up a little bit and raised an eyebrow. That was a really good match, and it's the team that we kind of want being in there, and you know, yeah. hopefully they're taking some inf- inspiration from the, the amazingness that's going on in the tag division over on SmackDown Live and has been for the last year. I don't know so, about amazingness. Definitely some retreads over there, but certainly much better head and shoulders above sure. Raw. But, but then, you know, later in the show, we also had a women's three-way tag match, which we'll talk about in a second. And that actually made me worried because it's something we've seen just over and over and over again. Are they going to be able to make a women's tag division interesting? Will it float between both brands? Will it float down to NXT? Will this be like a division that goes across all brands? How are they going to do it so that it's entertaining and consistent and doesn't, doesn't end up like the raw tag division for the last six months? Or longer, depending on on how you want to look at it. So I think it's yeah. definitely going to be I a dangerous know. experiment. I don't know. You know, all we've got really to judge it on so far is Sasha Bailey, um, uh, whatever the stupid connection name is, the Iconics, and it's they got the Iconics. Yeah. I mean, like I'm talking legit tag team. Yeah, and you could even well, say, take Sasha and Bailey out of that. The Iconics are about it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is like, what else are you going to put together? We had Naomi and Oscar there for a while. You know that, and we that's when when they were kind of ready to do it and they were like yeah we got to get everything ready for the women's tag division and then it was all scrap because it didn't happen at evolution so you know they're not they're not ready right now again so i'm very curious to see how they, they oh the riot squad would be another one that they have uh sure. mandy and, sure. and sonia were had a bit of a thing but then the, now they're back together again so yeah they've got a little bit there but there's still some work to be done uh to talk about cena here he's going to be coming back on TV, but they don't mention in what capacity. What is in? What, how is he coming back? Is he going to be in an authority role? Is he just going to be floating around having matches with guys? Is he going to be in the title picture? How long is he coming back for? Is he coming back? Is this a WrestleMania build? Which is what I suspect. Uh, you know, is it, is this their way of of telling us, hey, it's WrestleMania season? John Cena's back, woohoo! And they're basically saying, hey, yo, Cena, can you hang out till April before you go off and do some more movies? You know, you're done with Bumblebee now. Can you come back and hang out and help our ratings? Because apparently we haven't built up enough other stars to help have our ratings be successful now that Roman Reigns is gone. 
Whoops. But wait, was Roman Reigns the reason the ratings were so big and grandiose? Well, he got leukemia and all of a sudden they tanked. What do you think it was? I'm kidding. I'm talking about that's WWE. Might, that might be WWE's perspective. <laughs> okay. But he is. But I don't, don't want to blame WWE's ratings tanking on Roman Reigns getting or, or relapsing into leukemia. But all facetiousness that- aside, Roman Reigns was the only person they were really doing all the work on for the last four years. It was the Roman Reigns experiment for the last four years. They were trying to build him, trying to build him, trying to build him at the expense of virtually their the entire rest of their extremely talented roster. And so now that he's gone, all that work, see ya. So, yeah, they have a serious issue here. Where, yeah, But it's it's a shame the ratings are have gone down because it's kind of better. And I hate to what? say that, but as I'm enjoying the dynamics of things that are swirling around better. I mean, Constable Corman was a hit. Well, unfortunately, yeah. he was as not much as a they're hit. presenting it to us, and they want us to believe. I was in, I was having well, the, a blast. But the problem I, is, is like whether or not, get a push, right? But whether or not you're watching isn't helping WWE because there's millions of people that are not watching. So if if you're enjoying it, that's great. But to, from their perspective, there's lots of people that are tuning out. You know, and it's and frankly, I hate to say it, but it's been a trend for years now. They've been on a completely downward slide. I know I, a lot of my wrestling buddies don't watch it anymore because of Roman Reigns winning the Royal Rumble or Daniel Bryan not getting a push and then getting injured or the myriad other things that have happened over the last five years or so. The whole CM Punk debacle. I got one guy I know who once Booker T lost to Triple H at Mania. He's like, I'm out. I'm done. So it's been going on for a long time. They've been hemorrhaging fans for years and years and years because of a lot of boneheaded decisions. And finally, the turkeys are coming home to roost. Unfortunately, it's around the same time that they're making the most money that they've ever made. They've made a huge TV deal. So they're very precarious right now. They're, they're getting all this money, but the fans keep going away. That money isn't going to last. And we, we, we went over this last week and over on the show a few times now. But it's just worth reiterating and noting that their ratings are very much tied into their future. And it's why they're taking it very seriously and saying that they're going to give us a new product where they listen to us more. Yeah. Yeah. So the gen- the general the general fandom. So if there's things that you're enjoying, great. You know, hopefully they'll keep some of those aspects. Yeah, I mean, looking back on 20 20- this is our last show of 2018 by the way, guys. Um so I mean, almost in a retrospective of everything that has happened this year, um, even up to and including Roman's departure, I I'm looking back, going Cena might not be a bad idea. That that's the thing because they don't have what what else do they have right now? Yeah, it's 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 a desperate move. It certainly feels desperate to to have to reach out and be like John, come back, help, dude, help. But, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, but at the same time, that's to me that's very short sighted. I agree. You know, and, suck they're it up not playing and, the long game. They're being reactive, not proactive. Sure. I, I think actually they might be doing both at the same time because they are doing work on guys like McIntyre and, and that the long, smart, slow build they've been giving him into main event dumb. Yes. You know what I mean? They've they've been very slow with him and really like building up his steam until people take him seriously. They've got Strowman who is I mean, really, he just is a signature win away from being there. If he beats Brock at Rumble, he's there. I, I really do believe that. I think he's on the cusp. Yeah. You have Seth Rollins, who, even though this Dean Ambrose feud is god-awful and is stalling him hard, wouldn't take much to put him over the top. you got a lot of guys, and you've still got AJ Styles. And, and we're talking about Raw. we got AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan over on SmackDown. 
So there's, yeah, there's still lots of hope still within the WWE. It would just take a little while for them to build that. But instead, they're pulling the trigger on John Cena. Now, they may be doing both at the same time. We don't know how John Cena is coming back into the picture. It could be just something where he shows up and hypes the crowd and then moves aside and the other guys wrestle. Hopefully, it's not another bullshit tactic like they did last year, trying to goad out Undertaker to come to WrestleMania. Oh, 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 I roll. I don't, I don't, you know, if you want to insert him into something, give him a proper feud. Give him something like he did with Roman, where they were building for a few weeks and doing all the fourth wall. There were elements of that that we liked. You know, mm-hmm. Roman's lack of mic ability aside, that was a that was a decent build that was supposed to be something cool. I give him something like to do with somebody that can actually work a mic. You know, yeah, and it'll oh, be entertaining. Oh. Cena is always entertaining. Yeah. Oh well. I, that being said, I just got like a flash. He's going to come back for a Lashley feud. Oh, oh no. Uh, 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 DOA is what we're well, going to call Well, speaking of uh, speaking speaking of Drew McIntyre, we mentioned how he and Ziggler have that uh, cage match on New Year's Eve. Well, one of the reasons they have that is because there was a triple threat match on this episode of Raw. We had Finn Balor versus Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre, and uh, because of all the confusion, Finn Balor ends up uh, giving the coup de grace to Ziggler and pinning him 1 2 3 making it out alive. And Ziggler ends up getting one over on McIntyre at the end of the match and uh, stands tall while McIntyre is in the ring licking his wounds. So, Well, I think it's important like to the- note that before he got one over on him, McIntyre picked him up and did that thing where he holds his head and goes, this is all your fault. You're screwing yeah. everything up. I love yeah. that. I, I liked that moment. That was important for kind of the, the story of Dolphin and Drew and how Drew is now going to break out and, and go away from sure. him. And I, I do like what they've done with their story specifically. I like the fact that they didn't just hard turn Ziggler face out for no reason. Like he still feels like he's a, a, a shithead, but he's in the middle now where you kind of kind of root for him because D- McIntyre does cut such an intimidating figure. He is so scary that you actually do care a little bit for Ziggler. And going into this cage match, you're kind of like, well, you kind of hope the scrappy little guy takes out this bully in a sense. But uh, and that, and they did make that the focus of this. They kept they they built Finn to a level where you be, he's believable in a main event or just below main event sense. Right yeah. now, you believe he can hang in, in that in those circles. But also, they are tying up the ribbons on this Dolph Ziggler and McIntyre story, which is a longer term story they've been telling that I thought has been very effective in what they in how they portrayed both these guys and placed both these guys and both the guys really elevated each other through the story. Yeah. So having it end in a cage match I think is a nice way to to close out the year. Yeah, you know, it's almost like a the, the reason you you mentioned be feeling bad for Dolph and the the reason I kind of, you know, you want to come along with Dolph a little bit that facey kind of stuff, that white meat baby face kind of stuff is he he got betrayed. He got he got turned on. He did all of this work to get Drew coming onto the roster and you know build him up into this awesome person. And because of the work that Dolph put into him, and he's now this Scottish psychopath that everybody loves. But he's not getting any of the thanks. So the I get that. I I actually really like that. I didn't at first, but I'm really liking it now because Drew has turned it up to eleven in the last month. And he's defined I, it. It's much more clear. Yes, it's a much yes. more clearly defined. Yeah, I agree. And it's. It definitely was a little mushy when they first had the two of them teaming together, and it has crystallized so much more at this point. And so I think it could be a very very entertaining match, even if ultimately it was not really going to have any ramifications. I thought it was more telling that Drew is already talking about winning the Rumble. Foreshadowing. He's looking forward to that. (laughs) 
He's looking forward to that. Yeah, no, I mean, I think I think back in what September or August, I said yeah. I thought he was going to win the Rumble, uh, and it's it's just been looking more and more that way ever since. So, and the fact that he's pretty much one of the only guys talking about it on Monday Night Raw that I can recall. I think there may have been one or two other Our references. Truth. Oh, but Drew was yeah. definitely like our truth has already said something yeah, about Raw. it, but. Well, but he's also got the storyline where he's right. coming in at 30 right. so because he won the Mixed Match Challenge, so it makes sense. Uh, also, we had Seth Rollins defeating Baron Corbin in a, hey, everybody, it's a it's a happy little moment match. It's a, you know, we, we've put all of the angst about Raw's ratings over the last couple of months on Corbin, and so here comes babyface Seth to come along and beat the tar out of Corbin and give him a stomp and send him packing to make everyone in the audience the feel good. Uh, <laughs> Basically. Yeah, a little 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 placebo, little placebo to keep all the sheep quiet. Be like, well, at least he beat up Corbin. Now things will be better. Yay! Corbin's uh, had the 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 shit yeah. he'll beat out of him for the last three weeks now. So, uh, including a pay per view yep. TLC match. So, yeah, I'm curious what's next for him. I really am curious what's next for him because he did kind of get sacrificed to this whole ratings debacle angle and uh, being the you know the bad general manager who ruined everything. So I'm very curious how they pick him up after this, or if if they can, if they do. I think they can. It's just if they do pick him I, up. I'm after not this. 100% sure he and, can so recover how. from this. I think I said that before after TLC. I think on our recap show, I was like, I don't, I don't know how he comes back from this. I'm, so, I'm certainly not 100% sure he can do it, but I, I think it's likely that they can. You can absolutely, you know, write him an interesting story that makes people forget about all this, and this is just all going to yeah. blow over. But it also be really too easy to let it simmer and people just start associating this with him yeah. over and over and over again. So um, we also saw, speaking of Seth Rollins, the Ambrose feud go- continues. He had some strange promo backstage talking about, I don't even, I don't know. This to seems himself incoherent again, you to know? me. It's, which, which is fine. Yeah. I like that better. I don't, I, don't, I don't like what he's doing when he comes out to the ring with the gas masks. I kind of like these dark room lunatic stuff that is that's what we kind of want i I don't i don't want the morality of of monday night raw you know the moral compass of my what that kind of shit just over my head i I don't get it sorry guys does not compute there was a lot of verbiage here that just went over my head too or around my head i'm not even (laughs) sure you know it went somewhere it was bouncing around the room it was I, I think I get what he was trying to go for, but at the same and, and it's he delivers it very convincingly because he is a good promo. But the problem is, it's it's not direct enough. It's not hitting. It's not emotionally connecting, at least with me. And maybe and I I, I can't be the only one because the crowd is not really reacting well to what should be a home run feud. Uh, so something needs to be more visceral here. And I think there's a there was a good example on uh, SmackDown in a very small sense of a feud that was kind of just floating along and didn't really have any heat, and it got built up real hot. They, they turned up the dial this week in a very strong way. And I think that was an example of how things need to start happening with the Rollins and Ambrose feud. Things need to get more serious. They need to get cleaner. They need to not be so wordy and you know just ephemeral and just make things very simple and very direct and very, very easy to emotionally connect to because it's it, it should be a very yeah. emotional feud, blood feud, right? These former are former brothers, bro- like yes, blood brothers, former blood brothers, and one of them betrayed the other one. This this should that's it. This should write itself, need. right? Well, yeah. So I, I I just think it needs to be simpler. And him, the stuff he was saying backstage was not 
simple. It was just, it was very wordy. It was almost Bray Wyatt. I don't in, want uh, Greek philosopher Dean Ambrose. Was. I want murder, death, kill Dean Ambrose. <laughs> and I just, you know, when he comes was, out and Seth's music and burn it down and Dean attacks him from behind and sneaky and vicious and just all of that stuff. That's what we need to be doing yeah. here. I don't need Dean Aristotle. I need Bill and Ted to come along and go, dust, wind, dude. All right? So crates. Yeah, so crates. And the princess babes. Uh, Elias finally got to finish one of his songs. We almost got an hey! entire we almost got an entire Elias song for the holidays this week, and it was pretty funny. It was our first it was my first look at least on how Bobby would work as Bobby. Bobby Lashley was who we had the match with. God. Uh, Elias would look as a face, right? How is he going to be singing a song and not piss off the crowd? Okay, he's just going to make it funny. It's going to be a witty song written to diss his opponent, make the crowd happy. It worked. It worked. It was fun. It was and a he's even changing his, uh, his tropes around where he's saying, silence your cell phones. Yeah. Uh, and instead of saying shut your mouth, he's saying if you know the words, sing along or something right. like that. It's a, yep. it's the little tweaks to the character. And I was I, yeah. again, we had wondered how he was going to do it, and it's just small little tweaks in the formula. To, it's it's amazing how much has been retained from heel Elias and just tiny little tweaks, and all of a sudden everyone's cheering for him because they were. I mean, they were already cheering for him as a, as a heel. Let's be clear. Yeah, <laughs> he was Abra already over. Elias is a face officially yeah. this week. What do you know? And then he had a match with Bobby Lashley, which had a spot in it. It was supposed to be a miracle on Thirty Fourth Street fight, which I thought was a, that was a cute title. Right, uh, but it was basically just it was a street fight, but instead of weapons everywhere, it was presents and Christmas trees around the ring. Ah ha ha, ah ha ha, cute. It was one of their little gimmicks, uh, gimmick match segments. Uh, which usually I just roll my eyes and tune out. And I did tune this out. You know, Bobby wants it, goes into a Christmas tree and all the, the usual stuff. And there's eggnog by the ringside. <laughs> okay, great. Cool. This one's for the kitties. Until one of the most egregiously gruesome things I have ever seen on PGWWE TV happened. And I'm still, I don't know if I can relay this, Nick. I'm getting goosebumps even thinking about it. But this was, <laughs> I'm getting goosebumps. Bobby I have Lashley. witnessed. Hang on. I have witnessed yes. mankind and several others get thrown into piles of thumb, thumbtacks. thumbtacks. I have witnessed Penta, Pentagon Junior. get slammed through a burning table by yes. Vampiro. Yes. But I don't know if I have ever seen such an act of yeah. vicious devastation, brutality, as uh, and brutality as I witnessed this week on Monday Night yep. Raw. I got, I had blood spattered on me at an XPW show. Okay, I've I've seen some things, but this week, when Bobby Lashley was thrown from the top rope onto a pile of Legos, it was almost too far, even for me. A I, pile of Legos. I felt my insides hurt. Ugh, the poor man. What he does, what he does for his art, for his fans. For the people that watch this show, I hope people respect what these guys go through. If you've ever stepped on a single Lego brick before, imagine having to, like I've seen, you know how guys in islands and stuff, like very primal, tribal kind of things, they'll walk across hot coals? There are competitions. There's actually a Guinness World Record of a guy who has walked the longest barefoot over mounds of Lego. I've seen that, and uh, according to what I've heard, he has not walked since. <laughs> so to see Elias slam Bobby Lashley into a pile of Lego, not just a Lego, 
Yeah. Like we've all stepped on a yeah. Lego. Oh right? man. A I, pile of Lego that were that were grained into his back. Like he got yep. up and he still oh. had Lego. When he rolled over and he skin. had Legos in his back, they were stuck in his back. I almost lost my turkey dinner. Uh, I had gravy oh. and stuffing. Oh, it was horrific. Anyway, yeah, so that was a that was the spot of the match. Also, he took a bowling ball on a 7-10 split on his nards in the corner. Uh, Elias ends up picking up the win here and then puts Leo Rush through a table and dumps eggnog on his head. Anyway, this was a fun it was a fun little match. It was nothing really to it. Hopefully this is the end of this feud. And honestly, like all in all seriousness, all joking aside, dude, could Lashley get a good feud at some point where we can actually take him seriously cuz he had feud after feud after feud. We just cannot take him seriously even with this new, you know, almighty Bobby Roode character which we should be able to take him seriously with. Bobby Roode. <laughs> Bobby Roode. I can't even I can't even say his name. Bobby Lashley. No, I want to say this. I've, I've been down on Lashley recently, and I remember he was one of the ones that I stood up and went <gasps> at Royal Rumble this year when he came. Yeah, out. yeah. And I went, oh, because the dude is massive. Like yeah. he should be up there with the big dudes, and he kind of was there for a little bit. And I'm not saying he won't ever again, but man, he's. I I had higher hopes when Leo Rush started doing anything, but it just it hasn't quite gotten him over the hump. But it's just something about it. I mean, he's like 0 for 4 this year now with, with feuds. Yeah. Sami Zayn and um, Shinsuke. Is Shinsuke? If you, no. If you take him seriously, he could seriously be Chalk Lesnar. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, like yeah. he could he could be on that level of intimidating and working matches and, and, and frankly, will want to be on TV more than Brock. So, But for some reason, we're getting these dumb feuds with him, and it's driving me nuts. Yeah. Um, so hopefully something will happen with him. I don't know. I don't know if Cena's the answer. We joked about that earlier and both shuddered. But uh, we mentioned that earlier this probably happening. But we should uh, probably not mention that anymore because they listen and they're probably going to go do it now. Like, wow, it's a good idea. Thanks, Ian. Uh, we mentioned there was a women's three-on-three tag match. Sasha Banks, Bailey, and Ember Moon had a match against Dana Brooke and Alicia Fox and Mickey James. We've seen this a million times at this point. Hey, and look, new women's tag titles. We're not going to put it on the Hulu edition. And then, and then, in addition, in addition, afterwards, the 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 faces win, and then the Riot Squad comes out to cause havoc. It was by the numbers. We've seen it time and time again over the last few months. Uh, there was nothing new here that I could pick out. And as you said, to juxtapose that with Vince going, by the way, we got tag titles, kid. Uh that I don't know. I, frankly. It was a maybe little, off the back of that announcement. It introduces some stakes for them to go and fight and have a big match and actually make some kind of exhibition out of it and have some drama in it. No, we're the best tag team. Yeah, <sighs> something. No, let, let's no. just bury it. No, and, and and what's sad is they did say they want to have changes, but there's still lazy writing like this going on. When when as yeah. you said, it would have been really easy to just. You know, if Vince is going to make the announcement about the tag belts, yeah, throw a little something about that in there. I know they mentioned it on commentary, but not in a way that was meaningful for the match. It, it, it seemed like a Band-Aid. Uh, yeah. That being said, we did have a good tag match this week. As you mentioned, we had uh, the tag, the current Raw tag champs, Chad Gable and Bobby Roode. I got, that, I got his name right, Bobby Roode. They defeated the Revival in a very competitive match, and I liked the finish because they pinned the wrong guy. There was a things got so crazy as they tend to do in good revival matches where there's just the tags are flying and guys are flying all over the place. A great, I mean, God, Chad Gable looks so good working with these guys. He good is. A, Lord. I was going to say Chad Gable is a god. That guy, <laughs> I, I, I've, it's a shame he's not bigger than he is. 
or he's got it's gotten in size and in push. Yeah. Because oh my goodness, that guy's doing a lot of the stuff that we rave about the guys on 205 Live doing. Well, it's a quote to he quote basically Carrie Fisher. carried this match. To quote Carrie Fisher, aren't you a little short to be a god? Uh, so that's the only problem with Chad yeah. Gable. That's really the only thing holding him back because he is amazing. And the Revival are amazing. And they finally got to show off just a, a hint of what they can do as an effective tag team on Raw. Finally. And the fact that we did have the kind of, you know, scuppered finish there where the ref didn't notice and all the commentary only noticed once, you know, Gable and Rude were halfway up the ramp that they'd pinned the wrong guy. Uh, hopefully we'll see more. Hopefully we'll get more of this. The, I, this is absolutely the right direction to go. Let the tag division be a damn tag division. And I know you were bitching about Gable and Rude being out there as the champs because they're two singles guys. But, man, if they can go out there and put on tag matches like this, you can't really complain that much. No. They look great this week. Absolutely. So, And I like the dynamic that they're pushing with them where Gable's kind of the – he's the young guy and and Rude's the veteran and Rude's kind of guiding him along. That, you know, and he's got the – Gable's got the energy. I liked that. So, mm, yeah, more of this. More of this, less of the women's tag. I would say. Fingers crossed. Okay. Uh, speaking of which, uh, we, we have a tag team reunion of sorts that kind of just ended two weeks ago, but now they're already coming back around and Rhino's back. I knew I got worked on this Rhino retirement angle. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. Yeah. So as you, as you might remember, Baron Corbin forced Heath Slater to retire, quote unquote, retire Rhino. Uh, but this week, Heath was had, had a match with Jinder Mahal. Everything was going swimmingly until the Sings interfered. Uh, for, they, they just wanted a Jinder finish, I guess, and it didn't work out. So Heath wins by DQ, but then uh, gets beaten down and out of the audience comes Santa Claus. Only it's actually Rhino Claus. And he comes for the save. So I don't know if this is heading towards Heath and Rhino teaming back up, which I don't think would be the right thing for either guy. Frankly, I think let that let that team die. Uh, let them go off and be single stars and you know don't have either one of them turn heel or anything like that. Just have it just just go. Just I, I liked referee Heath Slater and having that in the back pocket of the authority or whatever it was, even though they kind of ruined it a little bit at TLC by flipping it, by him flipping. Oh, um, I, I, I liked the idea of having uh, an ace in the hole, so to speak, with uh, a, a paid, a, yeah, a paid I, I, referee. I don't know how long that could last, though. And now that they've, you know, scrapped that whole angle, it didn't make sense to keep him that way. So, yeah, I'm just curious what their what their intentions are with Rhino and Heath now. No, well, they're paying those guys. They got to have them do something. So I guess that's probably the intent. Well, you'd think there's a lot of people that they pay that we never see. So, <laughs> so we'll Fair. see. But that's Fair. the thing: is did we see any indications on this show of these? shifts that we were promised and we had we had vinnie claus giving us the announcements uh but aside so basically to boil it down cena's coming back right and we're gonna get a women's tag division and we got the same video package of the up-and-comers yeah that we've had for two weeks now and Uh, sammy and kevin owens are coming back at some point apparently but this is the thing so aside aside from the tag the tag match the tag division on the men's side uh and Vince Vinnie Max announcement. Did we see anything else in this that that indicates any kind of changes? Because I mm. I'll, I'll answer. I didn't see anything. Did you see anything? Besides no, that? but I'm I'm skeptically optimistic still because I want to. I don't want to be judgmental during Christmas week uh, on taped shows from the previous week 
of all of that kind of stuff. I want to let's get past New Year's. Let's see. They're going to come out with a bang. Uh, with I mean, with cage matches and Cena's return and all kinds of stuff. Uh, for New Year's Eve, ne- New Year's and, and New Year's Eve next week. Uh, and I, I think the build for the next four weeks to Royal Rumble is where we're going to shift into fourth gear and we're going to really start seeing the road to WrestleMania every year, right? Th- these four months are a lot of fun. So I'm not being judgmental yet of whether or not uh, – I'm not ready to plant a flag, I should say, and say whether or not these changes that were just announced last week are are going to make or break or if they're working or not. I, I, I fully intend to see – a lot of these changes begin to take effect as we get close to WrestleMania. I think I think you nailed it on the head. I, we didn't see anything on this show because it's not like it was anything. Like they hadn't planned anything after last week. Like they haven't had any changes. I think they're going to start implementing anything that they really have in the new year. So I think yeah. I think you nailed it. There is that we we shouldn't be too down on it for not having any major changes because yeah, it's the same as last week. Like if they're still in a holding pattern. Uh, so we're, we'll have to look and see what they have over the next couple of weeks on the build to Royal Rumble to really see what their intentions are. And hell yeah, I'm going to tune in and watch John Cena come back next week after not seeing him since what? Mania? When was the last time Cena was on TV? Oh, it's no, it's since Mania. What? Where were you? He was on. T- like he had the feud with Roman after that. No, this, he was he was uh, just on what? Around SummerSlam? He was around. I don't know. Maybe SummerSlam. Sure. OK. Yeah. So at least six months. Yeah. So, at any- so yeah, I'm going to tune in to see the. <laughs> come out you know and the crowd's gonna pop and everybody's gonna have a good old time and he's gonna say some cool fun shit on the mic and maybe uh, challenge no. somebody or somebody's gonna interrupt you know him we, i don't know what's gonna happen you know, but we, it's gonna be fun we saw him at um uh the uh, the super show down under we saw him there briefly remember and we brought, oh, brought the, oh he, yeah, yeah, yeah he brought, he brought out the yeah, sixth yeah. move of doom uh brought the lightning right. punch again and it was super groofy <laughs> and he had like jbl hair and it was and and frankly if that's an indication of the John Cena we're getting when he comes back, I'm actually I'm kind of nervous. But I'm a little scared. That's fair. That's, that's yeah. fair. I don't need cartoon kitty John Cena. I mean, maybe they maybe they think they do. So we'll we'll have to see what we get. It's gonna be a very busy January across the board, though, not just in WWE, but all over the place. So I'm very starting excited. next week, Wrestle Kingdom, baby. Dude. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna get crazy right Woo. out the gate. Plus, well, we'll talk about oh, there's a ton of stuff we gotta talk about later in the show. So stick around for that. There are a lot of things that are coming. But before we yes. talk about that, we have to go talk about SmackDown Live. Rusev Day! It's happening. It's finally happening. We finally got complete face turn Rusev in a little promo pre-match. I would, and yes, we're talking about this out of order, but even he is now doing the Aiden English thing. And I remember us talking about this. The reason I did that was because after the breakup of Rusev and Aiden English, we were like, ah, is the Rusev Day thing over? I don't know. Yeah. Is it going to be able to... He's are still- they going to be able to save it? I'm going to go out and say... Yeah, you know, they're saving it. My jury is still out, and if they're saving the whole Rusev Day thing, or if it's just becoming like a little aspect of his character, kind of like the the yes chant for Daniel Bryan, but not quite as over with the crowd in general. It's just you know, it's a vestigial piece of uh, a past angle. And in this particular case, I'd say Rusev has been straight face for a while now. He's just being allowed to be more kind of happy go lucky and funny, more like how he is in real life. You know, he's yeah. finally getting allowed to be. To do, to, to do that. Um, and this week we had in the main event of SmackDown Live the promised U.S. title match between Rusev and Nakamura, 
who, as we said last week, they've always had good matches. These guys have fantastic chemistry together. And sure enough, they put on another fantastic match. And they gave them a lot of time to work, too. This is the longest Nakamura match in, I can't even, I mean, he's only had seven matches since he won the U.S. title. So he'll rather only defended it seven times, I should say. So it was a U.S. title match. And as you said, Nick, Rusev Day, as it's every day, but it was especially this day. Rusev beat Nakamura clean as a whistle. Machka kick one, two, three. Rusev is your new U.S. champ. And that was a- on Christmas Day, which is also his birthday, which also falls on Rusev Day. I know. How about so- that? What an amazing wow. coincidence. What an amazing coincidence. <laughs> so so now here's the thing, though. Is it too late for Rusev Day? Because remember, this time last year, and especially going into WrestleMania, he was hot as you could possibly be. And let us he's still over, but he is not anywhere near as hot as he was this time last year. Do you see him coming back, his, his, his <laughs> momentum? actually really starting to build again or is this just kind of a a last ditch little like a last gasp before this is all over i would have said that if they had said if they had not put the belt on him okay putting the belt on him was the shot in the ass that uh, of of steroid or you know no pun intended not you know whatever but it's that's what it needed it needed that to kick it into gear and i think we're going to see over the next couple of weeks this is going to be good for Rusev. All right, well, allow me to retort because that was what we said about Nakamura when they put the U.S. title on him because the whole idea was after he'd lost all those matches to AJ that they, they had to somehow reinvigorate Nakamura by giving him a title. And we saw how well that worked. It's going to actually be more of what they do with Rusev with the title. I don't think the t- giving him the title beyond right now, it's kind of like, a, oh, that's really exciting, that's cool. But they've got to do something with the U.S. title, and they haven't done anything with it the entire time it was on Nakamura. So I'm worried with what they're going to do now with Rusev with the title. Or is it going to be uh, goes back John to obscurity Cena again? If it goes back to obscurity, uh, well, no. I please God keep John Cena away from Rusev with the U.S. title. <laughs> we saw what happened last time. He's still recovering. Um, but yeah, but that that also lends the question. So Nakamura doesn't have the championship anymore. What happens to Nakamura now? What the heck is he gonna do? You know, I I, I don't know. He's, I don't know if there's anything left. To be honest, I mean, we tried to do something with was it Ty Dillinger there for a while? We tried to do something with, and that didn't really work out. And eh, the Dolph thing was DOA. Well, if you want to have Nakamura feel like something special again, he has to beat somebody special, and he's yet to beat somebody special on the main roster. Significantly, he. I mean, he. What he was Cena. He beat. He beat Randy Orton, but then he went and lost to Jinder Mahal. So it killed that entirely. Anything, any kind of goodwill you built there. So yeah. it's it. Yeah, Nakamura is in a very dangerous place. I would say right now, where he's he's he used to get the most incredible ovations, and now for the most part, crowds are dead on him. So now that he doesn't have the title, it's even more dangerous for him. So I'm very curious uh, to see. I think the first mistake they made. I, I actually like turning him heel. I did too. Um, that was brilliant. And but I think the first mistake they made was changing his intro and his Tron and his theme song. Yeah. And I can look back on that in in hindsight now as kind of a starting point of of that downfall. Well, because the crowd and the fans and everybody were so locked onto, 
you know that entrance. All of us that were that were had watched him come up through NXT, and we that entrance, we were just, I mean, the dancing bars and all that stuff. We were all in on that. Remember, and then they changed it to some like live performance uh, in weird. all red and just Re- vi- uh, no. remix, remix. Well, that's the thing is that you know when they tried to turn Becky heel, they didn't change her music, which is a sing along song. Sammy went heel, his music didn't change, and it's a happy little sing along song. I'm not sure why they changed Nakamura's music. Because the whole thing was they didn't want people to sing along and feel good when Nakamura came out, which fine, I understand that psychologically, but it really did cut the legs out from his character. And I think it was a, a small thing. There's a lot of other things that really cut the legs out from his character, like never being able to beat uh, uh, AJ Styles and that entire feud just being all about cock knocking. But yeah, he's in a he's in a very scary place right now, Nakamura. It's very sad that that's going to be his legacy in WWE is the... Dick Punch feud so with far. AJ Styles in, of 2018. Losing to Jinder Mahal and, and, and the Dick Punch feud of 2018. Yeah. So Great. Congratulations. Yay. Cock Nakamura. Sorry, Sorry Shinsuke. Cock Nakamura. Cock Nakamura. No, it's not Knock America anymore. Yeah. It's Cock Nakamura. Ugh. Anyway, but the, uh, there was some good stuff on SmackDown. So, as we said, that match was great. There was some other good stuff on yes. SmackDown Live this week as well. We had a Miz TV segment, which I thought fell flat for the most part, except for how goddamn fantastic Miz is on the mic. Uh, this was talking smack promo caliber thing from Miz for me. It was weird. Uh, I just want to be—I want to be clear about that from the outset before we talk about it, because, like you said, it kind of felt flat. I didn't know where it was going to go, but then when he turned on the whole "my dad isn't proud of me" kind of speech that he gave. I'm going to remember this one. It's crazy because I was definitely wondering. It, 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 it did, in the middle of it, I was like, where are we going with this? And it felt weird because he was so convincing with this speech about how his dad was never proud of him and you know yada, yada, yada. And we were waiting for the Miz like heel stuff to sneak in there. And it never really did. Like You were, you were waiting for him to, to give an indication that he was bullshitting or that you shouldn't believe him or something. And you were very much in the situation that Shane McMahon, who was his guest on Miz TV, was in. Where Shane, the entire time, was looking at him going, should I believe Miz right now with this, with this sad story about his dad you know, not really ever appreciating him uh, but then saying that, you know, but, sh- but appreciating Shane instead and saying that Shane yeah. is so good, you should, you know, Miz, you should team with that guy because he's really something special. Um, and it was, it was, it was a very engaging promo. It just, it felt odd because we're not used to Miz not being heel and, and working kind of face here. Like, he was he was not kind of face. Yeah, this is not kind of face. This is all face. And it and it and it worked in the sense that Shane at the end said, "All right, well, you know, you you did touch something in me there. You better not screw me." But fine, let's try this whole tag team thing. Let's go for it. And the crowd got into it. Then just I mean I don't know about you, but I did too. I was like, "All right, we're doing this. Cool, good stuff." Uh, that was a it was a weird segment with a weird vibe to it that ended strong i loved that he threw the little jab in there i don't know if you're if you've everybody was paying attention you could hear him say oh let's do an old thing because i created it anyway yes yes yeah and i was like i know well he, well, he says the guy doesn't do it turn any- that daniel bryan stick a little bit more i love the it the guy doesn't do it anymore but it's okay i'll do it now because i invented it and starts doing the yes chant and gets the crowd into it for for him and shane teaming teaming up that was good it keeps him and the and daniel bryan feud still alive which they need to. It's it. 
they're becoming I'm one still of those on feuds. the Miz Daniel Bryan for the WWE Championship train at WrestleMania. I'm still there. I'm absolutely I'm, I still on the hype train now, especially if they continue to turn yeah. the Miz face. But this is the question. Okay, so let's let's look at where this is going. Miz and Shane are now apparently a tag team. And we're going to talk about the tag team division on SmackDown in a second and how stacked it is and how there's not really a whole lot of room for another tag team at the top. Uh, so I'm not sure where they're going to go with them as a tag team. But then also, let's look at the dynamic here. Miz is supposed to be a heel. He has been a heel for years. He's also one of the greatest heels in the company. But he seems to be slowly turning a little face-ish here at, to the point where I'm actually not sure that we can even call him a heel anymore. He's been nothing but seemingly genuinely face for the last few weeks, yeah. uh, at least at least in his presentation. So does this mean, because now Shane was supposed to turn heel after the Royal, uh, the greatest Royal, or the showdown under, what, what, no, the greatest, uh, what was it, Crown Jewel, excuse me, Crown Jewel. Crown Jewel. He was supposed to turn face after winning the best in the world thing, and that was going to piss everybody off, but then that was scuppered. Uh, and they didn't turn him face. They didn't turn him face. And the whole McMahon taking over thing happened. And he's now still face Shane. The question is, did they put it off till to now where he turns on the Miz? And is the reason the Miz turns face or does the Miz ultimately screw him and go back to be, to being a heel? Like what's the end? I don't here? think, I think the heel turn has just been delayed a little bit. And I, there was a, I put a quote in the notes here because I think it was significant. If you, if you dissect it and break it down, what he really meant. The quote, he said, you better not screw me or the consequences will be severe. And I think what could potentially happen here that will work for both of them is that some mix-up happens somewhere along the way or they're not in sync or something like that. And one of them, you know, Miz accidentally does something that, causes Shane to yeah, lose genuinely doesn't right? generally doesn't mean to hit Shane but does right. accidentally and then Shane turns on him really viciously and the Miz is like no I didn't mean to and we're all of a sudden on Miz's super side super face Miz super heel Shane because he's beaten down on Miz sure yeah, or uh, totally or it keeps Shane somewhat you know tweener where we understand why he's turning on Miz because it's the Miz and you know he has a bit of a history a sordid history if you will uh, if you will but uh, but at the same time, it does turn Miz more face. So yeah, yeah, I agree. I could totally see that being an outcome here too. Again, the- I see what's going on here, Penguin. <laughs> <laughs> I know what y'all up to. Yeah. Well, and when it does happen, we'll just say that they listened to us and thought it was a great idea. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. We mentioned earlier that there was a feud on SmackDown that heated up significantly this week, and that was Samoa Joe and Jeff Hardy, which we were very down on for the last couple of weeks because it just didn't seem to be going anywhere, and we weren't really buying into the whole. Samoa Joe is trying to have an intervention on Jeff Hardy and is making fun of his past addiction problems and all this. And and it, frankly, for the first part of their segments this week, where Joe gave another promo about how now Jeff is addicted to him or something like that, and then they had a match that was pretty good, but it ended with Jeff Hardy losing it a little bit and ends up kicking Samoa Joe outside the ring and, and kicking his head and stomping him and kneeing him until the ref has to DQ him and give Samoa Joe the win. After which Joe uh, gets thrown over a table by Jeff, but then locks him in a coquina clutch until Jeff passes out. It got real vicious at the end of this match, and it went beyond just, hey, you used to be an addict, and I'm making fun of you, and, well, I don't like that, so I'm going to beat you up. I'm kind of wondering how much of this was shoot. Oh, I'm come kind on. of wondering if they were given permission. All right, guys, you got two minutes. Uh, don't go. get worked. Come on, man. Uh, I, I, 
you know, this, like you said, it got a little bit like that wasn't a wrestling throw. He threw him. Like it's, there was intent there. <laughs> and it, it just, I could feel that coming through the TV at me. And that's why I got excited about it there at the end. I agree with you. The first three quarters of this was just, uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I don't care. I'm not invested. But then when Jester starts kicking the hell out of him outside the ring, I was like, whoa, okay. That, I'm, uh, you have my attention. <laughs> well, yeah, look, dude, look at the kind of kicks Daniel Bryan's been laying into people for the last few weeks. Like, it's, it's, it's the stomp sports things, entertainment, yeah. man. Of course they're going to go stiff on this. And it worked because they needed to to elevate this feud. They needed to do something to make this feel more serious between them and really up the stakes. And they did. And that's what I liked about this was the fact that you know, you could look at this and be like, oh, I, I don't know. Was that was he meant to throw him that hard? Yeah, good. That's how it should be. I should be worried for these guys. This is how the Ambrose-Rollins feud should feel. You should be a little scared watching it. You should be worried about these guys. You should be wondering, wow, are these guys really not like each other? That's how it should be. And that's not at all how Rollins and Ambrose feels, but it's how Hardy and Joe is starting to feel. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm more invested in Rollins Corbin at this point than I am Rollins Ambrose, and that's sad. Oh, Jesus, Nick. You poor, poor man. Yeah. Uh, so, obviously, we got more Joe and Jeff to come. Hopefully, it continues on this trend. We opened the show this week with a fantastic match between Mustafa Ali and Cien Almas, which, dude, come oh! on. Come on. Oh, my goodness. Just, I mean, so smooth. I love the way both these guys work. I really do. Maybe it's just I like lighter faster wrestling i don't know i i that's not true i love big hoss matches too just the man this is this was just pretty this was just pretty i loved watching so these mustafa guys. ali has now pinned the wwe champion daniel bryan and he's now defeated andrade cian almas well cian almas has not won a whole lot since coming to to the main roster Fair. that being said he consistently he consistently looks good in his defeats so there is that argument to be made that it's okay that he's losing because he does still look competitive. Whereas Ali here looked like a scrappy guy who he pulled off a win against a much scarier, bigger dude. Like this was just a well-booked, well-executed match. And dude, they slapped the crap out of each other. Ali's chest. Wait, Ali's chest was hamburger yes. halfway through the it match. It was raw meat. They, almost was not playing nope. around. I actually thought. To put this in perspective, I actually thought, I think I had looked down at my phone to read an email for 30 seconds, and I looked back up and I saw what looked like blood on Ali's chest, <laughs> and I saw and I saw Almas covering his mouth, and I'm like, uh-oh, somebody botched one and popped Almas in the mouth. No, no, that was from Chops. Yep. That's how hard Almas was hitting him in the chest. Good stuff. It looked like blood. That was some good stuff. I liked it. I liked it. Uh, I would love to see these guys go at it more, but uh, we did get... After this, so yeah, as, we, as you mentioned, Ali did pick up the clean victory over Cien Almas. It was good. For, I thought it was good for both guys. I don't think this loss hurt Cien Almas at all either. No. Uh, he does need to pick up some wins. Almas at some is point. that guy that on any given day could step into a ring and win a championship. Yeah. And I think that's, believably. The, that's how he carries himself. Believable. Mm -hmm. Thank believably. You. Like you believe that, at any point yep. that guy could be a factor. Uh, yep. And that's just all in his presentation. It's why he looks like a star. It's why they've put, positioned him where he is. He is going to have to win something at some point to not look like a perennial loser. But that being said, I didn't mind it here. <laughs> this can't knock him. Uh, Sorry. Oh, what? God. That, that, by, by Nakamura. No, they're both heels, thankfully. So I don't think that's going to happen. But 
Uh, we did get backstage Ali getting congratulated by the other guys from 205 Live and then running into Shelton Benjamin. Mm. <laughs> welcome who said, back. Uh, who said, welcome to SmackDown Live. was a little bit sinister. You thought he was going to hit him for a second, but then they went and shook his hand. But while he was shaking his hand, Daniel Bryan takes out Ali from behind and uh, beats him down until he gets pulled off by the refs. He, he didn't just so, tackle him. Or he, he kicked him in the head. <laughs> I'm like, that's damn, dude, that's some healy yeah, ass shit. <laughs> it's great. It's great. It's the, it's the new Daniel Bryan, same as the old Daniel Bryan, only angrier. <laughs> it's fantastic. So, yeah, so we, we have now potential stuff for Ali with Shelton Benjamin, with Daniel Bryan. Who knows who else? The sky's the limit. I think the story here isn't that CN almost lost, it's that Ali is getting positioned. He's, I mean, they strapped the damn rockets to this boy. He is. I mean, but here's the thing we're seeing now how much like elevated he is from because he was one of the top of the guys in the 205 live division. Right. But now he's considered to be so much higher. So does this just kind of uh, it cements to everybody that that 205 live is basically NXT 1.5. It's a stepping stone between NXT and the main roster. Like it's, it's, w- there's so much of a jump between 205 live and the main roster. I would even take it a step further that 205 live is kind of on par with the main roster and anyone that's on 205 live could cross over to uh, SmackDown live and compete. That's what it's saying to me. NXT still feels like developmental minor league sort of, I don't I hate saying that because it's some of the best wrestling going on right now. And for a long time, but it, it, in the hierarchy of things, 205 Live is another, I'm going to do air quotes, main roster show. It's just lighter dudes. So the fact that Ali is transitioning over, he's, what do we call it? He's sidestepping. He's not stepping up. I feel like he's been main eventing main roster shows now for well over a year. So I, I don't really see this as a big deal. It's not, it's not a huge surprise. The fact that he pinned the WWE champion on his debut is is very okay you have my attention i think they're trying to tell us something with that but i'm not i'm not going to compare them as apples and oranges uh i i still think it feels like ali like came to the main roster and is now a bigger deal you know than he was on 205 live where he was supposed to be a big i agree with that right and now and now all the 205 live guys being like wow great job buddy it makes it feel like you made it to the big time finally you know what I mean? I I I I think it's a dangerous precedent to set. I, yes, to, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, I don't I think it already is there and it shouldn't be it should be treated as such. And what they did backstage with the rah rah, I you know, I like the go team and the cheering your 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 brothers in arms on all that good stuff, but you're right. It made it feel lesser than than what it really is to me. I have to be careful with it, but at the same time, I can't really be mad at the push Ali's getting cuz Let's face it; he freaking deserves oh, yeah. it. The guy is amazing. Oh yeah. So I'm very, I'm very curious to see what they have in store for him, what their plan is, what their thoughts are. Because frankly, his push for me came out of nowhere. Like I knew that they liked the guy. I knew the guy was good. Uh, I didn't know he had that much love backstage. Like that, that this came out of freaking nowhere, and I'm not mad at it. Yeah. But very cool. Uh, as we mentioned, we did have a a tag match, uh, two team on two team, Usos and the Good Brothers versus Sanity and the Bar. With the new day on commentary, oh God, Biggie, what were you doing this week, boy? Oh, jeez, dear Biggie, 
Joey Ryan called, and he would like his gimmick back. I, all I got with the pouring the oil on himself. Thank God he didn't a pour it down his pants or b flip someone with his dick. I was waiting for That's him to say. pull his Santa pants out and pour some oil down there. I really will. I and I would not have put it past Big E to do that. Thankfully, he didn't. Nah. No, he just flopped his belt buckle around. That extra belt strap, he's flopping that around. By the way, I his breasts are so large now. Like I don't, they're bigger than his head. I don't understand how that man's pecs are just... I mean, they were huge in 2010 when he was alongside Dolph Ziggler and AJ Lee as an enforcer. But just oh, Nick. now, Jesus Christ. Nick, Nick. Oh, my God. Are, 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 is Biggie's chest giving you some weird funny feelings there, no. bro? No. Did, did, did Gender, genders does, but not Biggie's. All right, moving on. Uh, so, yeah, we had this match, and... Uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, so this match felt to me like a way to push the good brothers is what it came across to me. Yes. It was a very fun, it was a very fun match, uh, but I didn't feel like, I felt like sanity was just kind of there and the moments that they did have, like it wasn't as I, I've seen before in the past where sanity has been out there to look good. And this didn't feel like that. You had one or two big spots from Killian Dane and Alexander Wolf got to do a standing moonsault, but it wasn't really like. Look how great sanity is. What it was was look how great the Good Brothers are. Look how look how Finally. much they can actually step up. Yeah, and they uh, ended up putting a magic killer on Cesaro and getting the one, two, three. Machine Gun Carl Anderson himself picking up the win. The Good Brothers pinned um, the champions. That means a title match. Let's go Royal yeah. Rumble. Good Brothers like versus the, the Bar. I want to see it. Uh, I liked the fact that the commentary, the New Day commentary, called out Carl Anderson's quote new tights, which. Interestingly enough, even though they don't call him Machine Gun Carl Anderson in the WWE, his tights do say MGKA. Interesting. So if they're if they are at some point in the future wanting to have a little singles push for good old Carl, I ain't gonna be mad at it. So just throwing that out there. Yeah. He's got abs now. He can do this. And Luke's looking a little Mm, how should I say? I don't know, man. Looking a little Matt Luke, Hardy running the ring. Uh, his hips look a little wonky, but he also he's slimmed up a lot too. Yeah, that's true. And he looks he he cuts a pretty good figure. He's a good hot tag and stills a good big boot. So can't be mad at it. And, but, and, and uh, then but that, yeah, that so big it, jacket that he wears, he looks very you know intimidating. It's intimidating. Yeah. But this is the thing: is that was this just kind of like you know with the revival on Raw where they're saying. You know, what their mantra is, we're going to listen to the fans now. We're going to listen to the fans now. And the fans have been saying they wanted the Good Brothers. Is that what this is? Is this a short-term appeasement? Or is this actually, are they now going to get behind the Good Brothers and make them more of a big deal in the tag scene? I hope so, because we've had the same three teams for the last year and a half. You know, I, I've, I, and they've been amazing. No, to be completely frank, the last year and a half of tag wrestling on SmackDown Live has been nothing short of five-star amazing been lights out it's 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 we have zero complaints about it but it is mostly because it's a little stale and repetitive so i mean i could i could watch an uso's new day match any day of the week and have but at the same time yeah give me some new stuff and this is a good start the bar has just been hit and miss up and down as they've found their groove but they've mostly found it says me i know you differ in that opinion but i am over the moon hype that the good brothers are finally getting some push absolutely yeah yeah no i'm excited about that i wish sanity got a little bit more love i think uh, they will we've seen i it think at, they will eventually it's good to see well, them we've on seen tv it now. how but there's something about presenting them as special 
even if they don't win, you have to present them as special. Otherwise, they just kind of they're just flat. They're just jo- they and might as this, well just be local jobbers. Yeah, I get it. Right, and and in weird costumes. <laughs> and this was an instance where they didn't feel special. They were there, but it just it did. They didn't blow up the screen. You they I mean? should and, have come in. You know, it's funny we we talk about sanity. It, it they should have come into the WWE main roster much like the Shield did. They should have come in and just started just chaos, live by their own Agreed. mantra, come in through the audience at random points in the middle of matches that just it makes no sense for them to be there and just beat dudes up for no reason and and walk off gloating. I want And this is the problem that is for that three months that's... just randomly, right? Right, but this is what's short-sighted about it. Had you done that, it would have really helped them in the tag division. And the only reason they didn't do that and they did it with the Shield is because all the guys in the Shield were allowed to be to to you know, put themselves over the big main guys because all three of those guys were getting tapped to be main eventers in the future. But the fact of the matter is, it's okay to have a faction run over your main guys if that faction's purpose is elsewhere and it's not going to threaten those main guys down the road and you need to get that faction over somehow. Nailed so it. absolutely, absolutely. Sanity should have been allowed to look more dangerous out of the gate as opposed to, and, and otherwise they're going to end up looking like they look like now which is just kind of some goofy guys and some clothes they picked up, you know, down at the local mall. I hate to say it, they, you know, Nikki, might, Nikki Cross might be a shot in the arm, uh, an infusion that they need if they keep them together and they come ringside to her matches and vice versa. Yes, it, 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 that might be what it needs. I'm not writing it off yet, but it's not looking good for sanity. I'm, it I'm, sure wouldn't. It sure wouldn't hurt. No. You know what does hurt though is getting kicked in the face by Daniel Bryan, which our truth found out at the top of the show because he came out dressed like Santa Claus, Truthy Claus, along with the Truthy Claus, along with the uh, Carmel Elf, Carmelfa, Carmelfa. I don't even remember <laughs> Carmelfa. That's just weird. Uh, yeah, so they came out together and had a fun little opening segment. Daniel Bryan came out to crash it and ended up uh, telling Truth his career was over. Truth ended up ju- like kind of brushing it off and uh, telling Daniel Bryan he's gonna, he was going to beat him up the Royal Rumble, to which Daniel Bryan responded by kicking the absolute crap out of our truth Let's not miss the fact that he went on a five-minute climate change tirade about how Santa Claus won't <laughs> exist anymore uh, because you oh, people continue great. to dump plastic in the ocean and melt the polar ice caps. This that this got a little tired. This got a little bit long winded, and it's all I can oh, already start feeling it. It ain't just me; it's other folks I've talked to. You know, other fans. They're just going, uh, okay. Climate change, Daniel Bryan. Environmentalist, Daniel Bryan. Uh, can yeah. he wrestle, please? Oh, okay. He he's gonna beat up. Okay, fine. Yeah, go beat up Mustafa yeah. Ali. That's go. That's cool. Yeah, keep doing. No more speeches on. I think it was. Stuff. It's it's it needs to be long enough that you get annoyed, so that when he does wrestle, you're still irritated with him enough. You know what I mean? It's one of those things where I think if he just did it a little bit, it would be kind of like ha ha funny, and you'd still like be excited to see him. It needs to be just long enough to piss you off because like, the audio was so doing. manufactured this week uh, because of the taped episode. It was very hard to get a read on the audience. Uh, on SmackDown and how they were reacting to it, but man, I, Twitter. I was just I was watching and it was a lot of eh, eh, a lot of that stuff yep. going on. I say good, eh, good, yeah, good. We'll see. Piss them off, Daniel. Piss them we'll off. See. It's working if that's the if that's the point. <laughs> I agree, but it is a lot of fun, man. That that, that straight edge, uh, well, straight edge Messiah kind of thing he's doing. Yeah. Uh, or, I, it's working for me, and I, I love the fact that he can turn on a dime and then just kick the other crap out of somebody. 
So loving that. Wondering if this is going to have some ramifications in the Royal Rumble. R-Truth comes in at 30 and eliminates Daniel Bryan. Just saying. Could be interesting. Speaking of interesting, AJ Styles, the man who uh, lost his title to Daniel Bryan and is supposed to still have a feud with him, I think, uh, had a backstage moment with Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon ran into AJ in the in the hallway, and this was weird. I feel like both times Vince McMahon was on WWE TV this week, he was allowed to write his own promos and has forgotten how to write a promo. I guess they both kind of rambling and seemed to be uh, just like, like I understand what he was trying to do with both of them. I understand what he was trying to do, but they just didn't quite hit the mark. Well, they didn't, they they weren't as, they weren't as, I don't know. It just, it wasn't quite there. We did one with Miz last week or two weeks ago. I don't remember. Was it last week or two weeks ago where Miz was trying to convince him to get, to give his blessing to have Shane be his partner was last week. So I, that one worked for me. That one was fantastic. And I kind of, even that one seemed kind of scattered. Uh, Even that one seemed kind of scatterbrained though. Even last week seemed scatterbrained. Like I understand the jokes he was trying to make, but that they just weren't connecting because of, how he was saying it or, or the timing, like it just it just seemed Well Miz carried eh. the one last week. AJ didn't really say right. anything and it was just Vincent running running his mouth and rambling. Yeah. Oh, and that's I the thing. See the animal come out. So right. So this is what Vince said. Vince essentially said that look, you know, I've seen guys come and go. Um I've seen them become big and then take off. Uh, but you know, you're different, AJ, you're like me, you have a black hole in your heart. You're really a pent up animal. And all you need to do is just let that out. Uh, you've got to, you got to lose control and I want to see you lose control and, and just destroy everyone in the locker room. Um, you know, yeah, yeah. Like you said, there's an animal in there. There's an animal is begging to get out and that animal is just eating you alive and you want to hold it in. But I, I want to see your animal. I want to see that animal. And then he slaps him and AJ Styles responded by smacking the crap out of Vince McMahon, knocking him down, KOing him with one punch and standing over him like he was going to beat the crap out of him more before getting pulled off of Vince and then storming off down the hallway. And Vince and maniacally sh- laughing while laying on the floor. <laughs> I think it worked. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm going to be all right. Roll credits. That's how we end SmackDown Live? Really? So what? this is what was weird about it. I, I get what they were going for with this. Is Vincent's trying, Vinny's trying to get, you know, so, so uh, uh, apocryphally, uh, AJ Styles, when he first came into WWE, Vince, Vince said, look, you're kind of undersized. When you go to the ring, you need to act like a pit bull because all these guys are going to be bigger than you and you need to be able to take them out. So act like you're a pit bull. And that's supposedly the, the conversation that Vincent had with AJ when he first came to WWE. So this feels like this is their nod to that. This is, this is, okay. this is, then I buy you know it more I mean? then. I didn't know that. Yeah. But it's just, it, it was weird how instead of that speech, it became this big verbose thing that just it felt weird. I don't know. Maybe it was just me. It felt weird to me that he just kind of went off on this tirade and just seemed to be rambling. And AJ was just left to sit there and go, okay, where are you, where are you going with this, Vince? Until Vincent slapped him. And then he, uh, then he reacted. So, yeah, I felt like this could have been cleaner. It could have been more direct. It just seemed to be... I don't know, a little a little much. AJ, I'm going to say a bunch of stuff. Before we film this, I'm going to say a bunch of stuff. <laughs> you don't say a word, and then I'm just going to slap you, and then I want you to hit me, not hit me on the ground. Good, you ready? All right, three, exactly. two, one, rolling, action. Exactly. That's exactly what, what this was. Was was Yeah, like, they, like Vince is the one guy they don't get to script, and Vince is just starts rambling about shit, and eventually he's like, oh, it's okay. At this point, I'm just going to slap AJ. 
Yeah, that's what that is exactly what it felt like. And yeah. the one guy who maybe should be scripted is Vince McMahon. Isn't that ironic? Isn't that kind of funny? Maybe he was scripted. Maybe this was a scripted thing, and he just didn't know how to create the rhythm in the speech and the dialogue. I don't know. Who knows? It just I get what he's <laughs> going for, but I'm curious what the thought was. But like, okay, we're gonna make AJ. Like, he's he trying to fire him up to go get Daniel Bryan? He's trying to turn him heel. Like, I'm curious where they're going with this. Very curious. Yeah, me too. From me that from that too. perspective, I'm curious where they're going with this. Speaking One thing of I'm not uh, hitting uh, hitting people, uh, Mandy yes. Rose hit on Jimmy Uso backstage oh when he happened to walk underneath some mistletoe. Speaking of Vinnie Mac having some predilections, yeah. so the the rumor is is that apparently Vinnie saw Mandy Rose and wants to make a star out of her. What a shock! What a shock! Does does Vincent have a type, or does Vincent have a type? Better Vincent hurry before Lacey Evans gets up there. Well, uh, <laughs> he'll Luckily, have one on Raw and one on SmackDown. Right. Well, he's he's gonna have two on SmackDown if he's not. Good. Anyway, who knows where all that shit's going? Anyway, with shakeups and maybe brands coming together, and who knows? But, uh, yep. Well, we're about six months away from a Vinnie Mac, Vinnie Mac makeout angle with Mandy Rose on SmackDown Live. Oh, boy. No, in all seriousness, this was, uh, yeah. So as you said, Mandy Rose mentioned to Jimmy Uso that he was under some mistletoe, at which point Naomi comes flying in from off screen, screaming, I'll get you, you hoe, <laughs> and chased off Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. Threw a shoe before- at her. <laughs> Who throws hey, a man. shoe? Seriously. Uh, <laughs> off- Honestly, Naomi. Who throws Naomi. a shoe? <laughs> Naomi throws a damn shoe, and I wouldn't want to mess with her in this situation either. She scared the crap out of me. I would have run like Mandy did. That was terrifying. And as they uh, walk off set, it turns out that Jimmy and Naomi end up under the mistletoe. Oh, we have a moment. Oh, oh, oh. But they here's love the thing. each other. Now, if, the, if, it, if that's it, if that's all there is to this, great. And we go into a Mandy-Naomi feud, and, that's, and they just go into it for this. Fine, great. Here's what I'm worried about. I'm worried this is going to turn into a Jimmy may or may not be cheating on Naomi with Mandy angle. And the whole basis for this Mandy Naomi feud is that Jimmy might be cheating on Naomi with the, I'm so done with those kinds of Jerry Springer feuds done. Leave those in the past where they belong. Bury those with Vince Russo's career. Please don't go back to those. We're actually, what's crazy is we're only a few years out of them. Like it, this has not been long since we <laughs> right. had, you know, Enzo topless in a room with Lana. All right. Like this is, we're not that far removed. About three from years it. ago. Yeah. Don't bring it back. Don't bring it back. Now here's the question. Does Mandy deserve this push that Vincent McMahon appear, uh, seems to want to give her? Absolutely. Oh, you think so? Absolutely. She deserves this push. All right. I don't know if, have, I don't know if going up against Naomi is quote unquote a push. But she needs some singles competition in an ongoing feud. Yes, absolutely. I think she deserves that. Enough of coming out to the ring besides Sonya Deville in one capacity or the other. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if you know. Again, I'm calling Ruby. I wouldn't be surprised if they gave Mandy Rose the win at Royal Rumble in the Battle Royal match. I'd be shocked. I I would too. But I mean, I I I wouldn't. I'd go okay with 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 Becky and Charlotte both being out there. If Mandy wins the Royal Rumble, I will. That's it. I'll eat my shoe. I'll eat the shoe that Naomi threw. (laughs) We we all know it's going to be Becky. So fine. Yeah. Come on. (laughs) Well, that is it for the main roster of WWE. But there's still plenty more to talk about, even on this short week, which means we have to head over and talk about the wide world of wrestling. 
Well, NXT kicked it off hot this week. We've been building this for a couple of months now, actually, if I remember right. Uh, we had the finally had the Fatal 4-Way number one contenders match for the NXT Women's Championship. Bianca Belair, Io Shirai, Lacey Evans, and the Blazian baddie, Mia Yim. That's a mouthful. Whew, that's a lot of talent in the ring yeah. is what that is. And yet, and yet, this was a bit of a messy match. It I was thought. a little messy. It was a little over-choreographed, I think is what I would say about it. They didn't just let them go, which I think they should have. And I'm, I'm wondering... Is it because these girls just haven't spent a lot of time working together? Or is, there's a couple of them that are somewhat new. I just I don't know. This should have been, by all accounts, a baller ass match. Yeah, and it yeah, just, just it eh. didn't didn't quite hit the mark. Didn't quite hit the mark. It wasn't bad by any stretch, but it just wasn't. It wasn't great. Oh, it had some key spots. I mean, Lacey yeah. Evans launching Io Shirai like a lawn dart uh, in a suicida through the ropes. What into oh, man. and then basically yeah. face planning onto the steel grate of the ramp. Yeah, she came down real scary. That oh. was scary. There no, there's some great stuff on this, some great back and forth. So of course at the end everyone hits their finisher. Uh but Bianca Belair ends up coming out on top, pins Lacey Evans, which I thought was very appropriate, seeing as Lacey's the one who's going to the main roster. She can afford to take the pin here. Yep. Uh and Bianca Belair is your number one contender. Very interesting choice. Now, obviously, she's been on the cusp for a while, but does she go? She's undefeated, as we know. Does she go and lose to Shayna here? Is this a scuppered finish? Is it a DQ? Or does she take the NXT Women's Championship here and Shayna moves up to the main roster, maybe? I think it's been circling around Shayna and and Kyrie Sane for the better part of two years now. Has it been two years? Year and a half? So I, I just... I, it, something needs to change. The the top feels a little bland right now. Yeah. As good as Shayna is. But my fear is that... I, I had thought until, you know, even as recently as last week, with Jessamyn Duke and, and Marina Shafir having a match on TV, I had thought that Shayna and the four horsewomen, or the other three horsewomen, were going to go join the main roster and go hang out with Ronda Rousey, and maybe we get a... Rousey heel turn or something like so that. So here's a crazy thought, and I actually okay. haven't heard this put out there yet. Okay. Even by Meltzer, like Meltzer was talking about uh, the possibilities for the WrestleMania main event and what Charlotte and Becky and Ronda were going to do. And this is one thing that he didn't put out there. And it may be because just no one's talking about it. And it's not on the radar, but it is something that I was thinking about this week. Now, obviously, right now, Marina Shafir, uh, Shafir and Duke, they're still getting going in their careers. They're still down in developmental, but they're apparently working as a tag team. Sasha and Bailey are working as a tag team. And on the main roster, you've got uh, Charlotte and Becky on one side, and you have Ronda alone on the other. Now, let's say that all three of the four horsewomen of MMA were to come up to the main roster. You have plenty of time. You've got three and a half months to WrestleMania, give or take to be able to build up those women from NXT to have a Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler versus Becky and Charlotte, and then on the other side have Bailey and Sasha versus Jessamine and Marina. Now, whether, now whatever, however, you, however you align the top of that, whether it's you know, Ronda versus Becky and then Charlotte versus uh, uh, Shayna or however you, however you make that work, it, just, it does align pretty well, I'm just saying. I don't know if it would get that complicated. I, what I could see is a Shayna 
Marina and Jessamine, Jessamine run in during the Ronda and Becky match. I don't. I, I'm still not sold. We're gonna have a triple threat yet. Let's get past Royal Rumble and we'll figure that out. Yeah, it'll in the clear next up. This is, I mean, yeah. this is the great thing about WrestleMania season. There's so many options. Oh yeah, and we but do. I would have, love to see to the at. other three come in. Like Becky's gonna get over Ronda. It's right. looking like that. Three quarters away through the match, and all of a sudden, Shayna and the other three horsewomen run in and save Ronda. I can't see a run in in this, especially because right now they're talking about it being the main event of WrestleMania. Yeah. Like it's a it's a very strong possibility they could have a women's main event at WrestleMania, which given the kind of backlash they've had to working Saudi Arabia this year, might not be a bad idea. Agreed. For their for their for their PR. No, I think we're all you know pretty I mean? sold on the fact that it's going to be Ronda Becky, possibly Charlotte in a triple threat at this for the main yeah, event. Yeah, and it and and honestly like they're, they've never been in a better situation to have. Even last year, where they said, "Oh, you know, Oscar and Charlotte could main event," they had a, enough other matches that felt more important. Yeah, where, not, not it, over Brock Roman. Exactly, like that. That just it would not have made sense. It but would even not if have it, been the big the show men's, last. Even if the Universal works out the way we think it will, it's Braun and McIntyre. I wouldn't put that above uh, Becky Ronda either. Exactly, that, it's a Becky Ronda will than feel Braun, bigger. Uh, Braun yeah. McIntyre. They've never been in a better position to have it be a big deal. And if you, and here's the thing with Shayna Baszler. She's also a big name out in the world, just like Ronda is. And so it does bring more mainstream attention. When you say the two women from MMA versus the two wrestlers, yeah, that, that could absolutely work out. So Bianca Belair, I, to, be, to be completely honest, I don't think she's taking it off of Shayna. But there could is a possibility. I think it's she not will. Saying, I'm not saying she couldn't. I'll, I'll say it right now. I think she's the next one. I think we've said that earlier this year that she was going to be the next one in the women's division uh, on NXT. That yeah. she, she at least had the potential. If wasn't going, it just it was when, not if. Yeah, no, she's, and, she's and definitely. I think she's going to be the next one. I think she's going to take it off of her at uh, Phoenix. Is that Phoenix? Take over Phoenix. It's Phoenix. Yeah, yeah. It's, she's the Velveteen Dream of the women's division NXT, where she's just been completely consistent has a great character totally knows what she is is ready for the main roster it's just a matter of when they they want to bring her up and they think she's ready uh, you, you, know, you just said it uh, it's not in the notes here but i just gotta i gotta give a huge props to that velveteen dream video package this week oh it's great holy smokes dude I'm, uh, I'm all in on velveteen dream especially with like the hype of all the le- legacy superstars all saying that he's <laughs> the next one and yeah. i'm going yes i know i love dream i love it <laughs> I can't oh, wait man. to see what's in store for him for 2019. I hope he has a massive uh, year. As long as someone pitches him to Vince like Gorgeous George, where Vince doesn't just go, oh, so basically he's he's gold dust, right? He's just he's just kind of one of those weird no, guys. No, 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 no. I, you know, throw some Macho Man slash Hogan hybrid with with a young flair up and comer. You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. I see all kinds of potential in Dream, and he's 23. Yeah. You know Good who's Lord. not going to be uh, main eventing WrestleMania anytime soon, despite what you say? And that's Jackson Riker. Uh, Good he God, a, that dude's terrifying. He's terrifying looking, but his, man, he's been wrestling for 18 years, and he doesn't look like he has been. This was He had an ugly, ugly match this week yeah. against Mitch Taverna. Uh, there was a bit of a... A uh, technical glitch where they forgot to lay over the the commentary track. It was Oops. completely silent. It was just a match, no commentary. Whoops! Welcome to the real full sale experience. <laughs> yeah, boy, and that crowd was dead for this match. But here's the problem: the reason it was dead is because they had to re-edit this match because Jackson Riker botched his finish twice, 
and had to go for it a third time. By that point, the audience just cheered him sarcastically because he finally got it right. Uh, yeah, commentary could have helped this match by putting him over, and and you know, Mauro Ronaldo could he could sell ice to Eskimos, but uh, this was just, this did not look good. I mean, th- there was a couple of spots in this where it was all on Jackson to to make the move work. And he was making, he was missing, and he just was not in the right place, not putting Mitch in the right place. It was not a good look for a guy who has the right look. Keep him there. Uh, keep him working. He will learn. He will develop. I understand 18 years, but it hasn't been 18 years in the right system. I think he's he, in the right system now. He wasn't even that great as Gunner in TNA, man. Like it fine. was, he was fine. I, but I, James I Storm was the better member of the tag. He's he was the he was not. <laughs> He was not the better part of that tag team. So I hate to say it. He's We've seen much worse wrestlers be champions. You know, I, I think he's got no the excuse. potential. I think he's got the potential. I'm not giving up on him yet. You're not giving we'll up see. your dream of Jackson Riker main eventing WrestleMania. Can you imagine Jackson Riker, <laughs> Drew McIntyre, Seth Rollins, and Elias in a fatal four way? So many people in WWE <laughs> would have to die. For that to ever be a possibility. No, they all look the same is my point. Oh, I see what you're saying. <laughs> They're all like you. these like different with, with, generations of brothers. You know? With Mustafa uh, Ali as the guest referee. Uh, anyway, right. uh, so yeah, this, this was not a great look for him. And, the, and frankly, the, uh, to me, it seems like the, the uh, what are they called? I forgot. The Forgotten Sons. Exactly. They, uh, I think they're DOA. <laughs> you get it? All right. Thank you. Womp, womp. It feels... Feels like a bit of a DOA team, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, I'm not, not. This was a little scary. They but could fill was, in for where the mighty was. You know, it's, what was it? Oh God, no! Mighty were mighty were way more exciting. Fine. Uh, but uh, what was scary was Champa. Tommaso Champa gave one of his backstage promos this week, and I actually got goosebumps when I realized what he was doing. He was booking. I loved. It. He was fantasy he was, booking. <laughs> he wasn't just. He wasn't just fantasy booking. He was getting into Johnny Gargano's head. I can't remember, maybe CM Punk, the last time we had a a, a, a heel, like a, a just this devious, conniving heel that was able to make long-term plans and have them work out in his favor. Like He actually feels like an evil mastermind where he's sitting here manipulating Johnny Gargano into instead of coming for him, Coming for him with his NXT title, which Johnny Gargano apparently, you know, supposedly his Johnny's whole point was, I'm going to get my title back from that evil Champa because he never should have had it in the first place, blah, blah, blah. I got to get revenge on him. Well, now Johnny started to, you know, he's lost. He's lost himself somewhere along the way and is turning to the dark side. And here's Champa, like this evil devil on his shoulder saying, you know, Johnny, you really don't want my championship. I mean, I've got Aleister Black to deal with. You know what you really should do is, Go check out that North American championship because you know if you get that, then there's you and me, a childhood buddies living out our dream, both draped in gold. Wouldn't that be cool? Two two kids growing up in wrestling, you know. Oh my I god, I loved it. What a mind job! What an amazing job they're doing with this whole Champa Gargano story. This is gonna so far like if they if they stick the landing on this, if there is a, even is a landing. I mean, if they if they just if this just keeps having new twists and turns, what is the landing? I don't, I don't even know, know anymore. <laughs> I don't even care. Just keep putting keep doing this on this level where I actually understand and believe in these characters, and and I can wrap my head around where they're coming from, what their motivations are. 
uh, how you know how they're maneuvering, and I believe in what they're doing. You keep doing this. This is going to go down as one of my favorite long-term angles in wrestling history. I am being so blown away by every aspect of this. Not to mention the fact they're putting on five-star freaking matches every time they they fight, and even with the people that are like the ancillary characters in this. They're having they're having these incredible matches. So yeah, I, I don't even know what the landing is. Last week they did a DIY super kick, you know, the the team kick that they did. Yeah, and yeah. I, I that came out of nowhere. That was like, what what just yeah, happened? Like, is Johnny <laughs> is Johnny exploded. suddenly back on Tommaso Ciampa's side? Only on the dark side now? Are they going like, to be a, the, the, are they going to take over the heel tag division now? Can and, you imagine the you've got undisputed the- era running around, saying we're going to be draped in gold in 2019? I don't know. Have you been watching <laughs> Tommaso Ciampa? Uh, 365 Ooh. days is a long time. I mean, remember, think about think about where uh, Gargano and Ciampa were this time last year. So, no, this is the thing is that, I, I mean, hey, this is going to make a great DVD set one day. You know, the best of Ciampa Gargano. That's going to be a fantastic set. Yeah. The, matches, the matches you're going to see in there, like you're, you're going to have to include Johnny's fall from grace and his, his loss of confidence in himself, right? Those matches where he was, he couldn't, he was, Ciampa was in his head and he was losing to Cien Almas, that incredible match. You have to include those. Nuts, nuts, nuts stuff. I love it. I love what they're doing here. You got to go uh, all the way back to the feud with DIY as they came up and, you know, absolutely. getting up to AOP Bruiser, and all. Cruiserweight Championship. You got to throw that absolutely. in there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, also really fun story. this week was the main event. Your boys, Heavy Machinery, taking on Undisputed Era, the tag champs. Uh, this Interesting, felt- no Bobby Fish and. Um- uh, Adam Cole out with them ringside. No, I thought this was, that was this an was interesting straight up. This was a straight up match. kind of go go out there that by themselves. Well, but this so like we said earlier with Lacey Evans, this was heavy machinery putting over undisputed era as being guys who can get the job done yeah. on their own. And heavy machinery goes off to the main roster, but they they you know and they look putting like, them over on their way out. Yeah, they looked like legit competition. They didn't. Yeah, it they wasn't did. like heavy machinery didn't look soft here. Uh, but they did go out on their backs to Undisputed Era, who retains the championships. Not surprising to anybody. So the question is, who is going to take these titles off of Undisputed Era, or is anyone going to? And they're going to hold on to them until, as they said, Bobby Fish and Adam Cole are draped in gold. It'll be interesting. So if if Ciampa is turning uh, Gargano over to Ricochet for the North American title, where does Adam Cole or Bobby Fish fit into that? Yeah. Are, are are we going to end up in a triple threat for the North American Championship by the time we get to uh, Mania Takeover, or does Bobby Fish go in the uh, two hundred five Live Championship and Adam Cole goes and wins the Intercontinental Championship and they're draped in gold from other places, oh, or, or or Evolve or something like that? I'm just now saying. who's crazy? <laughs> <laughs> a boy can dream. Speaking of two hundred five Live, let's go talk about that really quickly. There yes. was no show. But they did announce there would be three matches over the next two uh, next two weeks. The winners of those matches will face off against Buddy Murphy in a fatal four way for the cruiserweight championship at the Royal Rumble. Oh hell yes! Uh, next week, next week we're gonna have Kalisto versus Leo Rush and Drew Gulak versus uh, versus Tozawa Kira Tozawa. Um, so I don't care what combination comes out of that. That looks pretty to me. And then in two weeks, Cedric Alexander versus Hideo Itami. Uh, again, where'd that come from? Yeah, I, I don't care who they bring out of those matches. Any one of those combinations with Buddy Murphy in a fatal four-way at the Royal Rumble, sign me up. That's going to be That's going to be madness. It's going to be crazy. That, yeah. that, that match, regardless of who, take any of those six guys, any four of those six guys, and it, it doesn't matter who they are. It's going to be yeah. insane. It'll be a great match. Looking forward to it. 
So something else we wanted to talk about this week, because as we said, not a ton going on uh, in in the wide world of wrestling right now, but there is some big news that came out this week that we do need to discuss, and we haven't really touched on the show before. We've mentioned the fact that all elite wrestling is a potential thing, right? Yep. With the Young Bucks and all the guys from the elite over in New Japan, you know, Kenny Omega, Hangman Page, the Young Bucks, all those guys, uh, possibly all getting together and starting their own promotion with with TV and everything. So, and this they're keeping it all under wraps, but they're no longer under contract with Ring of Honor, and you know, they're, they're everything's wide open for them. So, this week to step to the, slightly to the left on that uh, impact, as we've mentioned in the other news segment for the last couple of weeks, impact has been looking for a new TV deal because they wanted to get out of their deal with pop TV. So they were shopping themselves around to all kinds of different networks, including some very big ones like, uh, like sci-fi and uh, uh, USA even. So, yeah. so they've been doing that. Um, but ultimately they settled on going to pursuit which I don't is, even know what that cable channel is. is well, that- that's the thing. Unlike Sci-Fi, True TV, and WGN, uh, Pursuit is a it's a little channel. Uh, it is on let's see, uh, it's on six hundred four channel six hundred four on Direct TV, channel three ninety three on Dish, and uh, sixteen forty four on AT and T, eight one eight on Verizon FiOS. It only pulls about thirty million people, um, which is more than BN Sports, but you know less than than El Rey. Uh, less than like one of those fused TV channels. Yeah, it's just kind of out there. But this they just show like motocross and play heavy metal music videos and stuff like that. But but it's almost it's like less than half of what pop TV gets. So one of the reasons why Impact is going to this is because Pursuit is owned by Anthem, which also owns, uh, which also owns Impact right now. Ah, so they're thinking it's going to give them um. Uh, it's going to give them a better deal. It's also going to give them more creative freedom. That's at least the idea. And they're also, they're moving their time slot. They're actually going to, their new time slot will be, get this, 10 to midnight on Fridays. And that's ultimately, uh, the idea is, uh, excuse me, 8 to 10 p.m. Uh, no, eight, sorry, 10 to 10 to midnight because 8 to 10 p.m. will be SmackDown over on NBC. So the idea would be people watch SmackDown on NBC and then turn over and watch Impact on uh, on pursuit as a way of like just okay that shows over flip the channel piggyback off of it sure exactly are people going to have that much time to consume wrestling content on a monday night that's friday night that's a big question or friday night yeah yeah so well friday night four hours they might also the other reason they would be 10 to midnight is they want to have an edgier product as we've seen it, impact get a little edgier in the last couple of months ever since uh callus and demore took over so it's possible that they might want to go even edgier. And they definitely have people working there who've worked in more hardcore promotions, uh, looking at you, Sammy Callahan. So it's possible that they could get a little yeah. edgier with their stuff. This is like intentionally hitting people with baseball bats. <laughs> oh, um, no. Oh. Not just accidentally. Right. Quotes. Hey, man, he made a great hey, angle out of that. I'm just going to so say. You, yeah, totally. They, they steered the ship right into that, and I loved it. Oh, yeah. um, is there any... <laughs> you loved it. If, any if Nia Jax but- had done it, you wouldn't have loved it. No, no, because never mind. She wouldn't have. Just, <laughs> anyway, good God, how you can derail a whole conversation with that. Go ahead. Is there any scuttlebutt around about that AEW not only wants to own their promotion and have complete control, but maybe they're going to a smaller channel because they might be interested in kind of owning the entire operation? 
it's like, possible. Are they looking the- at buying Pursuit? Are they looking at buying Impact? Do well, these the- guys have this much financial backing or liquidity? So this is the thing. Apparently, Impact was getting shopped around to be sold, and one of the people that they shopped it to was AEW, and AEW turned it down. All Elite turned it down. So that's actually kind of a huh. that's kind of a big ouch because you'd think starting up a promotion here's a promotion with its own TV deal, an established audience, uh, and the the idea was that unfortunately that the Impact name is just too tarnished and. They were looking at the TV deal and saying they're not going to get a good TV deal. We don't want to do that. We don't want to do what we don't want to go where they're going. Uh, the other thing, and this is just my speculation, is that they were seeing Impact being a sinking ship. Their numbers have been dropping ever since Slammiversary, which is weird because Slammiversary was a really well-reviewed show. We even covered how great it was, and uh, and and they've been putting out really good TV consistently, better than it has been in years. And yet the numbers have been dropping, dropping, dropping ever since. So mm. maybe All Elite Wrestling smelled blood in the water and they said, nah, we're going to let you do your thing and then we're going to pick the bones if things don't work out on Friday we'll night. Go, we'll go steal all the superstars and you guys can deal with the legal and financial headaches on the exactly. back. Exactly, because here's the yeah. thing. It's going to become a bidding war on a lot of these indie guys between AEW and WWE. You're, that's one of the reasons why WWE's snatching up so many indie stars is because All Elite's about to start going and unless they have, you know, they, they're looking at all in and saying, wow, all those guys over there drew 10,000 people. So it could be legit competition. We've got to start buying up a lot of these guys or at least putting them in contracts that somewhat restrict them, keep them yeah. under our control a little bit uh, in order Doing to try to prevent Doing it one that. time is impressive. Do it, one, do it every week in a different venue. That's, you know, you've got a long way to go before you're, you can compare apples to oranges with WWE. Frankly, well, and the and thing I, is going to you know, be, though, I, I wish them all the best, but they got a long road ahead of them. Sure. I mean, you look at Ring of Honor and, and but how and how Ring of Honor is considered and how it's looking. The fact they were able to book Madison Square Garden on WrestleMania weekend and the fact that Ring of Honor is helping somewhat with all elite. So it's not. Yeah, Don't it's discount not, New Japan. They're being not. Part of that they're too. not going to be WCW or anything. They're not going to yeah. come in with Ted Turner money and they're not going to try and compete on that level. What, they, what they're looking to be is just an alternate that people can go to. And frankly, given their public perception and how, how, what a hip product they are, they, if they put out a halfway decent product with the hype train they've built, they could absolutely come out the gate real hot. And if they come out with a good product, they could start steamrolling. Look at how much money WWE just made on its deal. Well, hang on. You just made a comment a second ago that I want to address. And that's, I wouldn't rule out the fact that they've got an angel, that they've got an investor that maybe might not like Vince McMahon too much. And, you know, you mentioned a Ted Turner as a good example of somebody that could be an angel that could be financially backing them to really slingshot them out the gate. Like maybe they have a schedule in mind going into 2020 of uh, weekly shows or traveling shows, you know, put them on the road. Someone like a, someone like a Mark Cuban, perhaps who owns access TV and is uh, currently engaged with new Japan on there. Someone like that. Yeah, maybe uh-huh. access. Which, that dude, if there's anything that dude's got, it's money. It's <laughs> dude it's, sitting on a truck. He's a Scrooge McDuck vault of cash. And 44 million people watch access TV or have access to it. So there's that too. But yeah. anyway, so 
I just wanted to touch on that on this show, how there's some interesting things going on with Impact and AEW right now. Uh, the fact that Impact moved there and is, you know, they're trying to spin it and say, no, it's a good thing, but you're looking at their numbers and they're decreasing and how they're going to have an even smaller pool to draw from. They may drop from, you know, right now, uh, 200,000 people a week to 60, 70,000. And that's brutal. So, and then, and uh, people Somewhere were wondering along the lines, you're cutting your costs as you, you know, as the company winds down. Yeah. And, and what it's, the thing is, you know, is that, uh, well, maybe not, maybe there's, they're looking for a smaller pool. They're going to have a smaller budget. Um, but the problem is, is that people were looking at and saying, well, you know, WWE made all this money, but maybe the market isn't that good for wrestling because look at what impact just had to do. I don't know that that's it. I think that, you know, impact played it safe because I think people smelled blood in the water on them. Uh, but I think there's still money out there for this kind of sports entertainment because I think we're going to look back on the WWE deal 10 years from now and go, man, how did they pull that off? <laughs> because it's, I don't think it, I don't think it's going to pay off for NBC and Fox respectively as much as they paid for it. Uh, to be completely honest, that would be and WWE's I, I problem. Think it's, and if AEW, but if AEW pulls in good numbers, you know, that could actually be something that, that, that is a lesson about what kind of sport, like, you know, how to put on a show that people yeah, watch. Yeah, but, yeah, but look at how well NXT has done. Ha- put the live shows aside for a second, the circus side of it. Look at what they've done just with the TV program at full sale in this one venue, internet only, and, and it's been gangbusters. I don't understand why there's this chasing your tail going out and getting TV. I understand it's because of money and ad revenue and all that stuff to fund the project. But if you've got an angel and you've got a chance to put it out there on some kind of $10 a month subscription, build that monthly recurring revenue, and then go do something big. But I just don't understand why we're chasing audience numbers. Because ultimately, TV money is going to be bigger than than that. And NXT doesn't break even. They go on tour. They don't sell out arenas everywhere. And in addition, most exactly. of the people who are watching it are watching it on for, for $9.99 a month on the network. I don't know what the Hulu numbers are, but they're not that great. So... That's that's the thing is if you can when be I'm done on watching broadcast SmackDown, TV, I turn off Hulu and I go over to the network. I don't watch it on Hulu. Okay, the, that's my point. Then is that it's still yeah. you're getting it as part of a larger service and and nine ninety nine a month. You know, if a million people watch you, it's still not as much as you could possibly be getting from a TV deal. So it makes sense to me why AEW is looking at TV. But yeah. anyway, interesting stuff happening with Impact and All Elite. One more thing we're going to be keeping our eyes on in January because there's going to be a lot coming out about that. Uh, at least that's what Cody and the Young Bucks and everyone have been saying. They're going to have that announcement in January. Well, we do have a listener question this week. It has been a little bit slow this week. It's so the I don't holidays. For, it's the holidays. It's the holidays. Everybody's away. Hopefully you guys uh, tune in and enjoy this uh, as we ramble, ramble on. We had one question come in from Will James. With John Cena coming back next week, do you believe this is for a ratings boost or a potential card in the hunt for the Rumble or WrestleMania? I, I have my own speculations. I'll let you go first. Uh, I would say both. I'd say both. I think that it's, yeah. it's uh, in the short term, a ratings boost. I think they're goosing the numbers. I think John Cena was free after doing some movie stuff. Uh, but I also think it's WrestleMania season. Like we said earlier in the show, it's WrestleMania season. It wouldn't surprise me if John Cena had something to do with WrestleMania, whether it was, you know, the uh, he was the host of WrestleMania or something, or they put together a special match of some sort. I, Flag match with Rusev for the U.S. champion. I, how how will that go? Nick, you shut your whore mouth. I hope they... <laughs> I'm I, sorry, I, hope I didn't it, I hope to say that out loud. They, 
They listen. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to goose them with uh, that. Sorry. That match was the worst thing ever. I hope that uh, I hope it's a host thing for WrestleMania. I think that's the best role for him now is just the happy-go-lucky, like kid-friendly host. Do we really need a host for WrestleMania? Like, get out of the way and let's see some matches. I, none of that has ever really worked out well. Maybe New Day. New Day was what, fine. Was, yeah, that it's, was fine. I don't know. I don't. I don't see a problem with that. I think that it, I'm saying like if Cena's going to have a role, yeah, have him be on the side. You know, cracking some jokes and yeah. hyping the crowd. That's it. Boom. Done. Uh, my take on this is, is kind of what we were talking about earlier. It's a short term hype ratings hype so that they can carry out the long game of what we've been talking about around Braun and McIntyre, Becky and Rhonda, all of the things that they're going to build on over the course of the next almost four months to get to WrestleMania. We need a little bit of a steroid shot in the arm for, for the ratings, uh, just to, Oh my God, Cena's back. I'm going to tune in. I want to see what he's going to do. Let's see what happens. It, it's mostly always a good time when he gets a microphone in his hand. Mostly, you know. So mostly, not all the time. Mostly these, these days. Yeah. yeah. Now, so anyway, I, I it's I really hope I don't have to see a John Cena match at WrestleMania. Same. I'll Same. say that right now. Um, but I do think he will be involved somehow. I I I would have to tend to agree. So thank you, Will, for your for your question, my man. I appreciate it. And if anyone else would like to ask questions on this show, we do have a. Very nice, light Patreon tier for you to check out for a mere $5 a month. The cost of a Big Mac. You too can have your questions answered every single one of our shows. So please, please, please go check out our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash BWO. Sign up for one of those tiers and help Nick and I keep this show rolling on the air and ask them questions. But we're not done yet. We got just enough time to get through a lightning round of some other news. Beep, 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 lightning beep, round. Beep, 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 lightning beep. round. Okay, here we go. <sighs> NXT. This one's big. NXT UK. NXT UK. I know we don't cover it that much on this show, but they are going to have their own takeover. Takeover Blackpool yes! got announced. It will be on January 12th. We already have two matches lined up. Tony Storm just this week. She cashed in her May Young Classic win. For the title shot on the current NXT UK Women's Champion, Rhea Ripley. So we're going to see that match. Oh, uh, at, at be Take still, my heart. Yeah, <laughs> that's going to be some good stuff. You, oh. That's a, that's a all Nick right there. Uh, also, we're going to have Pete Dunne defending his uh, UK championship, which he hasn't. Man, he's had that forever. Forever. Uh, he's going to be defending that against Joe Coffey who I really can't see being the guy to take it off of him after all this time. I just really can't see that. But it should be a good match. We'll have more matches get announced over the next week or two, and it should actually be a very good show. Speaking of good shows, WXW, German promotion, they had a show on December 24th. Uh, I don't know if you knew this, but speaking of Tony Storm, she's the women's champ over there. She's still the women's champ, and she actually retained in her match against Kellyanne, so she's still the woman's champ over in WXW. She's working a WWE schedule and still doing that. That's crazy. Uh, there was also the main event. Make Rick, that money while you can. <laughs> make that dude. Make that money. Get uh, the fact they're still allowing her to do it is really cool, man. I, I, it was probably a condition of her contract, honestly, to get her to come over. That's how big and hot she is. Well, and the UK, the NXT UK contracts allow people to work dates as long as it's not within, I believe, a week before WWE tapings. So that's how they're that's how they're pulling it off for now. So there was no tapings around this WXW show, so she was allowed to work it and allowed to keep the title. So I will probably will for some time because she didn't drop the title. Uh, also, in the main event, you had uh, Ringkampf, which is uh, Walter, Timothy Thatcher, and uh, Axel Dieter. 
Axel Dieter Jr., who uh, you may know better as Marcel Barthel from NXT. They faced off against British Strong Style, Pete Dunn, Tyler Bate, and Trent Seven, who were working heel because over there it is a German promotion, and Walter Timothy Thatcher and Marcel Barthel are faces over there. Also, um, a bit of a homecoming for Axel Dieter. He was, uh, you know, he's been gone to NXT, so this was a little bit of a homecoming and a send off for him as well. And he got a huge ovation, and it was nice. it was very cool. Um, and also, and also a baller match. It was a really good match too, as you would imagine from these guys. I mean, these guys have worked together a lot, and they're all fantastic workers. But uh, yeah, good stuff. Ring Comp did, of course, pick up the win because of course, it, feel feel good, feel good, <laughs> yeah. feel good stuff. Uh, let's see. Raw. We mentioned Raw has had some record low numbers lately. This week was the lowest ever, but it wasn't that bad in context. If you look at it, they were down by about thirty percent. Uh, they were down in like the 1.7 million, something like that this week. Like it was real bad. Uh, they man return uh, story. Not so good. good. 1.78 million is what they had this week. But uh, here's the thing. It's not that bad because they dropped 30%, but so did everything else across all cable, including Monday night football, which was a wonderful game where my Raiders demolished those mules, those mules from Denver. Oh my God. That was the best Christmas present ever. Was that Monday Night Raw? AFC West. Uh huh. Yeah, buddy. It was good stuff. Nobody's got shit for Kansas City. Oh, oh, Kansas City, get out of here. Stop it. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, but moving on. Yeah, moving on. So they, they had low numbers, but it wasn't that bad because everyone also dropped the same. So no one's freaking out about it. Uh, but that's also why they try not. They didn't put anything really big on the show this week because they knew it was going to be low numbers. Uh, also, see, another other worldwide news, Akira Tozawa. We mentioned he'd be over at Fight Club Pro's show in Tokyo, Japan. Well, now we know what the match is going to be. He's going to be teaming up with Mako Satomura. And fa- from the Mae Young Classic. From the Mae Young Classic and facing off in a, in a mixed match challenge against CCK, which is Chris Brooks and Kid Lycos. So it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be Mako and three guys facing off in a tag match. Uh, it's going to be a Karakuen Hall on January 7th. And it's the it's actually the first time Fight Club Pro has actually been in in Japan, so it's actually should be a pretty huh. cool show. And I'm I'm gonna try and check out that match at least. Uh, we'll see what else is on the card. I'll, well, I'll mention it on the show when it happens. So I'll tell you what happens. Um, speaking of Japan, Hiroshi Tanahashi, who has a match against Kenny Omega this year at Wrestle Kingdom 13, he is a next f- week. He is official. <laughs> yeah, next Friday. Good lord, week from tomorrow. Ah! Ah! Uh, he is re-signed with New Japan. He will be coming back. Uh, and that's no, not surprising anybody, but the fact he re-signed before Wrestle Kingdom, which is when all their contracts are up, I think might tip the hat to who might be taking the title at Wrestle Kingdom because Kenny might be out the door to AEW. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And they've had a big build this year. Ever since Minoru Suzuki destroyed him earlier in the year, Hiroshi's had a huge comeback, been surging in popularity. So next year, 2019, could be the year of Tanahashi once again. Speaking of signings, Beer City Bruiser has re-signed with Ring of Honor. He announced that earlier this week. And uh, and also in other good news, we mentioned Mauro Ronaldo earlier on NXT. On the, the 23rd of December, he had a car crash. He was head-on car collision. And uh, apparently no one was injured, but it was a really scary one. And uh, luckily, no one was seriously hurt. He's fine. But uh, as he said on Instagram, an angel was on his shoulder because yeah, go look at the picture of those cars. It's uh, yeah, the, the safety of the cars did their job. Wow, we are lucky to still have Mara Ronaldo, guys. Science, science, yep. 
saved the Ronaldo. Thank God. Uh, speaking of things that are beyond saving, Enzo. Enzo came out and finally said why he did what he did at Survivor Series where he popped up in the crowd. He said it had nothing to do with his rap career or his music. He said he did it because he knew for a fact Vince McMahon would get pissed about it, and but that also he would respect the fuck out of it. Quote Enzo, exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't know if Vince really respects you interrupting his show, brother. Uh, just putting that out there. So out. I mean, you dropped three to five hundred bucks on a third row seat. Five hundred bucks. Uh, he said so. Enzo said he paid twenty five hundred dollars for it, but the seats. I were, believe that. But face value was five hundred dollars. So either he's lying or he's an idiot, <laughs> or both, or both is possible too. So yeah, he he wanted he did basically did it to goose Vince McMahon. Uh, that's working out real well for him. I'd have to say. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that is the, uh, that is the other news. For this week. That's the lightning round for this week. We are back on track next week. And we're going to get going in January with supposedly a whole new WWE, a new era, new changes, more McMahons. Woohoo. We'll find out what happens next week on our Thursday show. Come back and check us out. We'll also have the breakdown, get you all set up. For Wrestle Kingdom, if you're new to New Japan or if you've missed some stuff this year, we're going to get you all set up for all the feuds so you know exactly what to expect at the big yes. show next week, and it will be a great show. Uh, so please, if you can, check it out with us. We will also have our discussion group going on while the show's going on in the middle of the night. It's going to be a lot of fun. I, I myself, am looking forward to staying up all night and watching a whole ton of amazing Japanese wrestling. Yeah, it's, it's kind of the marathon. Let's see who can stay awake to... <laughs> All night and start at three in the morning and looking, all that good stuff. I'm looking forward we'll to it. We'll have the group chat going. But in order to get into that group chat, you need to come over and join the Facebook discussion group. Just search for Busted Wide Open on Facebook or on your mobile app, and you can find us there. Hit that join button. We'll get you in for some weekly discussions on all of the main roster shows, as well as some fun memes and other good wrestling discussions mm, in general. Mm, mm, mm. You can also find us on Twitter at BWO Podcast. Hit us up on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button, youtube.com slash C slash Busted Wide Open. No, we are not the rap song. We are the podcast. Uh, you can hit that subscribe button there. Also hit that notification bell so you get uh, notified anytime we put up new content or go live very soon. We just have to do some testing and we will be back live. Oh, testies, I'm testies. Do quotes and say soon. Testies, one, two, three. Yeah. And last but certainly not least, if you love this show and love what we do, we really appreciate all of our patrons. It really means a lot. It helps us pay the bills here. Keeps this show on the air. But you, if you want to contribute, you can head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for one of our kick-ass tiers where you can participate more with the show, get your questions in, view copies of the show notes, fun merchandise tiers, all kinds of good stuff is available there. That's patreon.com slash BWO. But I'm Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But by God! Would somebody stop the damn match? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out. OrbitalJigsaw.com.